Greetings and welcome once again to another episode of the Retro Retroxpocephala Podcast. The only show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. We are part of the Dorkening and Inebriart Podcast Networks. And as always tonight, we are brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for. I am your host, Parasite Steve, a.k.a. Steve of Destruction, though nobody calls me that. And with me, as always, are my carbon-based cohorts, Nintetetetenjo. I have no idea what's happening here, but my life is at stake now, too. So come on. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And 8-Foot Alchemist. So, yeah, I'm going to be honest. I couldn't find a good quote, so I'm just going to say, Zoids. Good one, I guess. And, uh, <laughs> and with us tonight, uh, not like always, but we are very, very happy to have him here. He's a good friend of ours. We've gotten to know him pretty well over the last couple of years, and he's a frequent poster in the group, and we just love him to death. He is the co-host of the Geek Life HQ podcast, the Fan-Tastic podcast. I always got to pronounce the hyphen because, you know, gotta. otherwise you don't know. Uh, the Epic Tales from the Sewers podcast and the Epic Tales podcast with Mr. Andy Diceman. Uh, we like to call him Mr. And uh, this tonight, we got Mr. Justin Cooper. Justin Cooper, how's it going, my man? Good. Um, here for some protoculture. Hopefully you have some. You can tell me about it. You know, protoculture. Is it, are those the things that you grow in little Petri dishes? Uh, they could be. That might be pseudoculture. I'm not sure. Oh, gotcha. I'm not. I'm not up on my. Uh, is like the newest. Yeah. newest cultures okay yeah, because ape and alchemy is the scientist he would know it I sounds mean, really, like i'm being sarcastic we're, we're all scientists when it comes to nerdy nerdy know-how Ner- nerdy nerddom uh well tonight uh we are here and we've been wanting to do this episode for a very long time uh tonight we are here to talk about giant robots yes those things that the le- kids like to call mechs Basically, big freaking robots that you get in, and you know they require a pilot or two or three or five, and uh, they they wreck shit, and sometimes they fight giant monsters or space wars or all manner of stuff, and it's uh, pretty cool, and we're we're really excited to get to talk about this fun topic with Mr. Cooper, and we definitely have been planning this for some time. But before we get into the meat and potatoes of the episode, I did want to mention a little bit of a a shakeup that's gone on in the podcast. And we actually, unfortunately, have uh, we are now officially one host down going forward. Um, Boss Rush Mode has decided to pursue other interests than podcasting. It's it's just uh, no longer his bag, and uh, we we you know are sad to see him go. I do not think the show is going to be as funny without him. That's for sure. Um, uh, we will definitely miss his his little one liners and uh, his uh, takes on all various manner of stuff and his. His uh, grumpy ram- ramblings too, like for his, and so unfortunately gonna have gonna have no more peeve petting. But you know that's okay. We got a we got a bunch of episodes with him and first two seasons, and just want to say that you know we wouldn't be here without Boss Rush Mode because really this whole thing was kind of his idea back in 2014, and so we uh, you know we're sad to see him go, but it is what it is, and life takes you know you on you know different roads you aren't planning on going down and and all that stuff and you just gotta roll with it so that's what we're gonna do so we're gonna say uh farewell to mr our our own our own berm goodbye berm we will miss you but tonight we are gonna try to soldier on without him and uh talk some big giant freaking robots so what do you say guys hell yeah do it all right all right so um 
we have a bunch of like big properties that we wanted to spotlight for you tonight. And uh, I think we're starting with uh, the granddaddy of them all. As it turns out, we, you know, we kind of little, little, some discussion about what, what should go first. And I, I'm pr- pretty happy we ended up with this one. So Cooper, Cooper Trooper, why don't you take us, uh, take us into the realm of giant robots? What, what you got for your first big one? What's the, what's the big one? The big one, the granddaddy of them all. The granddaddy of them all. The Mecha Mecha High, Mecha Heine Ho. Oh, that! Oh, there's so many oh. mechs in that in that phrase. Uh-huh. So that, sh- that should be the name of the episode. The Mecha Like a High, Mecha. Everybody's gonna think it's Pee Wee. It's about Pee Wee. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's Robotech. Yes. Right. So yes. Robotech. Robotech, the original um, sort of 1980s anime the first show that i can recall actually seeing a character die in action and all that um yeah i mean this this was around before uh gi joe before transformers before all of that stuff so it's um let's see came out um 1982 to 1984 in japan then it was adapted in 1985 and it actually hit the television screens i believe uh it was on channel 20 in connecticut so i don't know where it was for you guys but it was on like early mornings on saturdays okay so it was one of those things where it's like you had to get up early and it was like an active thing to go and see this because it wasn't on in like the regular time slots you had to set your alarm for this bad larry oh hell yeah (laughs) Yeah, and um, it involved basically. There's this uh, race of warlike giants, and um, they were attacking this uh, sort of peaceful group of people who had this giant flagship, and the flagship would actually uh, transform. And it involved so much narration. Like, if if you could just like imagine anything that's happening, you know, and then the narrator's just like, "Now Rick's gonna go and take a dump." Now he's done. He's going to wash his hands 30 seconds and then dry them. Now he's headed off to see his girlfriend. It was kind of like that. Why so- am I talking in the 1930s <laughs> transatlantic accent? I don't well, know. Well, that's that's kind of how it was. You know, it, yeah. it, it had like that whole feel to it. But really, like, like the thing about this is it was about this group of people who were stranded on this uh, spaceship in, in space. Like they went through like a rip in... Um, in in uh, like time and space or something like that, it ended up fighting these giant oh, I aliens. I think it was space time. I think it was space. Time. Was it the fabric of space time? It could I, be. I mean, there's some bending and some you know sewing and some you know a little cross. I mean, you've heard of you've heard of air bending. You've heard of water bending. This is space bending. Space bending. I think yes. they do it in Dune. Definitely in Dune, right? Well. Yeah, totally. You just don't need that giant weird fish thing to do it for you. My name has become a method of killing. Modib! <laughs> um, I also so, learned the word obelisk from that movie. So, oh, you know. It's a good word. That is it is. Word. It has a lot of daily usage. You know. Um, so, Robotech, I, I, I have a confession, you guys. I actually never got to see this show. Um, not the first season. Not the Macross saga. Um, but I did watch three episodes in preparation for, for this episode. And, uh, I really have to say, I like really like it a lot. I think it's it's, kind of addicting. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny because like, you never know for sure the things you loved back in the day, are they going to hold up? Would they, if, if we saw them for the first time right now, what would we think about that? Right. For sure. What what would we? No think? nostalgia, like, yeah, you know. No childlike wonder, right. right? 
So I, I, uh, I think it's interesting uh, how some things are, are kind of one way, some things are another way. For me, this was very much a positive thing. Um, I, you know, there are some like cringy dialogue moments and stuff and like, you know, it's <laughs> that's sure. True. That's kind of normal. Back yeah, but day. that's right. That's kind of <laughs> They normal. deal with a lot of stuff though. I mean, they're dealing with racial relations. They're dealing with, um, you know, like two different species essentially. Like uh, mm -hmm. they're dealing with a lot of psychological aspects of, of okay, well, what makes us want to fight and kill these people why don't we try to be like them what are they different right you know, they are dealing with male and female relationships and it's adult relationships and things yeah. like that and you know? and you know uh, actually kind of progressive too because like in the in the you know granted i haven't seen much of it cuz there's like 50 something episodes right or something what, what is there there's like 80 i think oh jesus yeah so um so i've only seen you know barely scratched the surface but you know, I have uh, what, what I will say is there's uh, the main the main crew that's on the deck of the big spaceship. Um, it's all they're all women, except for the, the general guy who's like the Captain Global, yeah. Captain Global. Sure. And and uh, so the entire crew is all made up of women and except for him. And one of them is black. I mean, this is like in anime, especially that is rare. Um, right. It's so yeah, hard and, to mm -hmm. find a good, solid yeah. character. Uh, who's you know a black character in am anime especially who isn't just an, an offensive stereotype that's like some thug that's in one scene or something mm -hmm. um, great character I think her name is Claudia um, or something like that it was a scene. you're right that's uh, Claudia Grant she is actually uh, romantically involved with uh, the the hero the, the real hero of the first part of the first season Mr. Roy Foker who is the coolest oh, Roy, by okay, far. Yeah. He like, is so damn cool. <laughs> for like after after like half of one episode, but no, you know what it was? Basically, when I saw him in his transformed Veritech, like I don't know what it's called, but like oh my god, I'm like this guy is absolutely my favorite. No, no, he is no one question. Cool mother. He's the best. Yeah, he's a skull leader. He's got the skull yeah. and crossbones on it, and <laughs> he's the reason that he brought the main character into this. So Rick Hunter yeah. is our main character, our mm -hmm. kind of perspective character, and Roy is like his big brother slash hero slash war hero slash general badass. He was like, just wow. awesome. Mm -hmm. And he's like a nice so cool. guy. He's like a likable guy and kind of oh, a yeah. big brother type. Yeah. Uh, yeah, really, really cool. But um, I loved – I don't know if you want to talk about like the, the setup for the show. Before they're out in space – like what the initial setup of the show is because I, I found it very interesting. Are you talking about how they went for like a test drive and um, they ended up doing a space fold and they ended up pulling an entire Island from the earth into the spaceship. So because like before of this. that, the, the very initial setup for the show was that there was this alien craft that just crash landed on earth. And nobody knew what the hell the deal was. So they're like, all right, let's reverse engineer and learn from this. And then they spent like the next 10 years or something, or maybe it was 20 years. It was some, at least a decade, basically learning from it and fixing it. But the thing is like the size of a city. So you were saying like the entire show takes place on this, this one ship basically. And it's like this long corridor, kind of not, not the most interesting silhouette for a ship, but it's this just very long, like rectangle. And, uh, and they, they fix it. And then what happens is in like the first episode, some uh, it, it powers up on its own and ends up like shooting this this gigantic freaking laser beam out into space. And everybody's like, what is happening? What's going on? What is this? What is happening? And uh, it's just 
you know, it, it, it blasts some, uh, like literally hits some like spacecraft that are like these aliens that are in orbit. They, they didn't even know were there or they weren't in orbit. They were there, but it was within like, you know, the range of the cannon. And, it, and they're like, Oh my God, there, there are aliens out there now. Oh my God, what's going to happen. And everything just happens so quickly after that. And then there, there are feet on the ground and you know, there's invasion. And then like, before you know it, the uh, we're leaving earth behind, but I just thought it was a very interesting setup of like this alien craft it land it crashes on earth we spent the next decade fixing it like it's it's cool i really dug it that was kind of the big part about the difference between humans and the uh the zentradi yeah who were the giants zentradi would just abandon things they had no care for uh fixing things and if it broke they would just die or anything along those lines but they were like this race that was hardy and they were they were large and they could survive in space for a short period of time and things like that but the thing they couldn't get was that humans would repair things they're like this doesn't make any sense and men and women living together that doesn't make any sense cohabitation and and they kept searching for this thing what about what about dogs and cats living together is that okay mass hysteria (laughs) (laughs) i I, well i hope it's okay i don't know it's not illegal But um, it, it kind of goes into like a soap opera sort of epic between of what's going on with, with our characters like Rick and Roy and Claudia and, and um, Lisa, who is like the second in command. She, she's a huge part of the show. And it goes between like command dynamics and all that with like... Oh, the, oh, the lady who has cinnamon buns on the bottom of her Exactly. Hand. She's got cinnamon <laughs> buns. And then they have like... Like when we were talking about like cringy things that you look back on now. So Lynn Minmay, who became oh, yeah. a yeah. pop sensation at the age of 15, was the love interest on the show. So it's like looking back on it now, we're kind of like, eh, you know... I don't maybe. know about that being so cool. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> maybe that's not okay you know yeah basically her character was every terrible uh female archetype you've ever seen from like older stories and older properties and stuff and uh but but like i said though all the women on the bridge really sort of made up for it and then some it's like wow it's it's not just this awful writing from the the, you know this relic of of another age or whatever it's like well they did have that they did. They had <laughs> they had her, but they also did all this other stuff, which is pretty progressive and pretty awesome for yeah. like early mid eighties. And it's anime, like man. So, anyway. and I mean, she did date her cousin, you know, but they got they broke up. But they got. So it's, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but but when we talk about things like the the crazy thing about this is this was a show about. Um, not not so much robots, but they were like jets that turned into half robot, half jet that turned into full robots yeah. fighting giant aliens in in kind of like um, like ATAT or or mm-hmm. which ones the the little ones they're fighting yeah. stuff ATST. in like those little ATSTs like like that like just kind of like the two leg pods coming down mm-hmm. and it's like you could not find something cooler on TV at the time than right. this this is just so awesome and it, and I did I did think that too when I was seeing those those two legged walkers it's like oh they're they're clearly taking some stuff from and whereas I should say some cues from Star Wars but they really made it their own and it was you know they did start on earth it wasn't a galaxy far far away at, at the beginning these are humans these are they stole everything from Bucky O'Hare. Everything. Oh. <laughs> Code Borg, everything. Even complex. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, how, how many how many arms you got on that duck? 
Righteous ind- indignation. Oh, the righteous know, indignation is my favorite name. Photon capacitors. <laughs> they pull well, from the, the playbook of Bucky. There's yeah. just no better name for a spaceship than the righteous indignation. It is. Right. Yeah, it's, it's the greatest. So too bad there's no mechs in that, but you know, I know I had I, to bring I, it in. I, well, maybe we'll have you back for Bucky O'Hare at some point, but I, I, I'm just happy that that will exist. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't know if we can craft an entire episode on Bucky, but maybe we'll put him in for something like animal heroes or something. He's got that right. cool NES game. So he oh, sure yeah. does. I'm yeah. a big, I am a big, was an big awesome game. game. Yeah. It's an awesome game. The arcade game is really good too. Yep. It is. Yeah. What? Arcade yeah. game. Yeah. yeah you never game. heard of it? Yeah, no. It's, it's called Bucky O'Hare. What? Yeah. It's weird, yeah. right? Can you believe it? Oh, yeah. yeah you learn really, something every day. It's a little on the nose. Oh, can you Granted, it? it's a little on the nose, but you know. Hold on, I'm taking notes. I'm carving it into my arm right now. <laughs> I'm just writing over the Slayer. Okay, it's uh, yeah. I was gonna say Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Bucky, Captain Bucky O'Hare. That's what it is. Yeah. That's awesome. No, I'm just kidding. That's just from the theme song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, no, it's it's yeah, it's a great arcade. It's a great beat 'em up, like in the style of like the the turtle beat 'em ups, basically. But with guns. But with gun with guns, yeah. And you can be Bucky and and Dead Eye Jenny, and I think Blinky, Blinky, maybe. I don't think Blinky. I don't know. I don't remember. I think you play as a kid. Yeah, I think it was Willie. Was oh Willie? Yeah, yeah. Willie. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, the excuse NES me, game. AFC Blinky. So yeah, we'll we'll save that for another episode. But oh boy, I love that NES game. But anyway, yeah. um. Yeah, so Robotech. So that was that was the the Macross saga. I I really want to see more of this for sure, and I'm interested because they pretty much just got into space by episode three. Oh and yeah. So we've gotten to see um you know Rick in uh an initial Veritech fighter, which I don't think is his final. Right? He must get another one. You have yet to get to probably the second coolest person on this show. Um, who his name is uh max sterling oh, played yeah, by uh cam clark the original voice of leonardo yep okay he is basically the biggest most talented fighter in this entire show and it's just like he's not even shy about it it's awesome i don't know i kind of let you I, I really like mr fokker <laughs> it should be <laughs> it should be fokker roy is the guy that that you want to he's he's like your um the the king of gondor sort of character oh yeah, you know, but yeah. he's nomad mardigan with a blade you know <laughs> I, i'm just saying you Man, know I, I love the way you fucking put that oh my god yes i'm there with you okay yeah mad mardigan so 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 fokker's cool but he's not he's not mad mardigan so you know but max is like when you get to max you're like is this guy for real and then, and then you see it and it's like did he just dress up in like uh yeah, you'll have to get there, but you're just okay. like, did that just happen? Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, life? yeah, it happened. Yeah, you, you just instantly become David coming back from the dentist. Mm-hmm. You have is no idea. Real what's real that? <laughs> <laughs> Whoever that is, but okay. <laughs> you don't. You, know, you never saw David in the dentist. Like the kids all like. It was just uh, like that viral video of the yeah, kids being like, like super doped up, up on, on Novocaine. Oh, that yeah. Okay, I've seen that. And it's just like what. Huh? Is this real life? <laughs> I'm in that yes, weird dad David. phase where it's like I see videos like two years after they're done, and then I, I share them with my kids. They're like, "Yeah, Dad, we we've seen that." And I'm like, "Oh, you're like, oh okay. my god, have you seen Keyboard Cat? This movie <laughs> <Exactly>. is so funny." 
hey guys, I just heard about this really funny thing. It's called Chocolate Rain. And oh, after that, Numa dance. we can watch oh, exactly the Numa Numa dance. That, that was... sounds good. I want to. I want to watch it. Watch yeah. It. They're like, oh my god, Dad, my my cringing is cringing. You're like, I, I, you're like, wait, is it is it Purple Rain? <laughs> oh, Purple Rain. And they're like, oh my god, Jesus. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh. No, trust me. If my kids know one thing, it's Purple Rain. I play that like once a week. <laughs> <laughs> a lot you of guys better know this house. one. It's a princeful house. It is. Nothing wrong with that. Um, all right. So do you want to say anything else about the Macross saga before we uh, kind of we're? I think we're going to. Well, I don't know. Do you want to say anything else about this and or season two? Because I know Nintendo has something about season three. So season two is good so season two takes a completely different flex it it starts off with the daughter of uh one of the characters i was talking about max sterling and his his wife mira how they get together in season one if if you haven't seen it um i i won't spoil it for you um but it's it's one of those things that kind of pulls everything together for season two and she's a really gifted lieutenant and it goes between her squad and how they reach out to these this new group of aliens that's looking for them to try to uh, get more what's called protoculture and the protoculture is kind of what powers their ship and what um, allows it to transform and all that so it's it's really it's really cool it's it's um it's very different than the first season because the first season has so much with like min may and all that and it's it's very soap opery then you get into the second season and it's more like giant tank battles and stuff on on like different planets so if you're looking for more of that that's season two it's pretty cool and I think they were nice. they were developed. that's awesome. They didn't just like rest on the kind of you know format of the first season. You know they tried to really shake it up. Yeah, and it it you were talking about cringy tropes, but um you know I think there's a shower scene in episode two, but um you know <laughs> other than that, <laughs> you know it's it's pretty interesting. So the the original show that it was taken the first season was taken from is called Super Dimension Fortress Macross. And I think the second one is actually called Super Dimension Cavalry Southern Cross. So they're clearly related. But then the third season was taken from a totally unrelated show called Genesis Climber Mospeda. And that for us was known as the new generation, Robotech, the yes. new generation. Yep. Um, so Nintendo, do you want to take it from there? Sure thing. Okay. Well, anyways, the synopsis of this season is is the year 2031 which is basically 10 years from now oh my god we're almost and there, i guys. still don't see any you know robots or invids or or anything oh, we're gonna have cyclones tech. don't worry about it but, oh yeah we'll get yeah oh yeah it was like my favorite part of the whole, whole oh, yeah. we're getting there we're getting we're there. getting there we're getting there uh so the year is 2031 and following the defeat of the robotech masters by earth's robotech force head headed by Dana Sterling's 15th tactical squad, the plan faces a new threat. The, the spread of the protoculture spores across vast swaths of the Earth's surface has not gone unnoticed. The mysterious alien race known as the Invid, arch enemies of the Robotech Masters, launch a full-scale invasion of Earth. The remaining inhabitants of the planet must struggle to survive against the new alien threat. With only a ragtag collection of guerrilla fighters to defend them, the survivors can only pray for the return of the long-forgotten Robotech exp expeditionary force to save them from total annihilation. I, I haven't watched the entire season yet, but I am loving it so far. 
uh, you have the leader, Scott Bernard, um, the Invid uh, character. Her name is either Ariel or it's Marlene. Okay. Um, so she was like uh, uh, supposed to be the spy for the Invid to infiltrate Scott Bernard's uh, party. Uh, then you have Lunk or Jim Austin. Uh, he's a mechanic who uh, helps repair all the 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 ships and the the bikes and whatnot. And you have Annie, who is that that little little girl who is so goddamn annoying. Gotta have an orphan. <laughs> gotta have those annoying characters it's, in these shows. There's a rule. It's a law. It, it's it's a fucking rule for sure. <laughs> and then then you have Lance Belmont. What? I like that name. Yes. Something about it I like. I don't know what it is. Well, he's a crossdresser. Oh, cool. That's, that's probably it. what it is. <laughs> wow, that's that's really uh, progressive there. That is progressive. Yeah, very that is progressive yeah. as hell. So, so his other name is Yellow Dancer. And that's what I remember. A, okay. And he's supposed to be a performer. And uh, then you have Rook Bartley, who is, I think, my favorite character in this season. She's a, a female. She wears the, the red suit, and she has the red cyclone. Um, she's pretty freaking cool. And then you have uh, Sue Graham, uh, which I have not gotten to yet. Uh, Rand, who is the first character that Scott meets. I believe it's in the second or third episode. Uh, and then you have Sierra, who is an invid, also a spy. And she's she's green, which I'm pretty sure uh, Steve will like that character. Uh, then you have Regis. I think I'm saying that name correctly. Regis Philbin? Yeah. Hey, I yes. didn't know I was in there. It's a yes. new generation. Regis. Regis. Wow. Regis. Wow. Re- Regis. I might <laughs> And she is the main villain. And then you have Korg, who is also an invid, and he's all blue. And uh, yeah, I love this season so far. I am at least 16 episodes in, I want to say. Okay. Uh, was there like 34 yeah. or something? Yeah. This is, oh, there was like quite a bit yeah like 24 uh, episodes 24 episodes oh so not not come not a lot compared to the first season jesus 80 something yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. there's there's a lot <laughs> yeah it looks very, like there's very, 25 very cool 25 for a new generation yeah and i mean we we barely scratched the surface of that just because like my my idea with this would be to get people into watching it because yes. I I think I watched it all on stars when it was there and I'm like shit 80 episodes damn you know but you can get in the, into it and watch it and it's like like uh, Parasite Steve is saying it'll hold up yeah yeah, yeah. I, I I definitely plan on uh, going forward with that first season so this third season is the one that I've seen um, yes this is what I'm mostly familiar with actually this is yeah. the season that got me into Robotech and that is because of boss rush mode right yes I remember watching yep. this with him mm-hmm. I was younger and yep. at the time I didn't know what it was I just kind of like just watched it with him and just didn't really you know ask any questions and then later in life I was asking about it and he's like oh yeah that was Robotech that was like the the new generation I'm like right oh, right shit yeah I nice. when I was when I was in college um so we're talking like late 90s early 2000s um, cause I'm old. The, um, I had a roommate who actually had somehow had all the, all the upside, uh, all the episodes as AVI files. And, uh, he's like, Oh, I'll burn them for you. And so I had like the entire series I got to see around that time. Um, 
just these kind of ripped crappy quality episodes. So I would love to go through this and watch it again and, and stuff like that. I mean, there is a daunting amount of episodes in that first season for sure, but um, yeah, yeah, it sounds like it's worth going pretty fun. And honestly, I am personally more of a fan of shows that are a little bit shorter anyway. So 25 episodes, especially for something that's like an anime, if it's like an arc, if we're talking about one long story, um, I think that 25 to me is like almost better than just 80 something. Uh, It's just, if for no other reason, then it's a little bit less daunting and, and you can kind of consume it in a smaller period of time, but that's just me. But like, uh, yeah, I, I liked a lot of stuff about this show. So, so what, yeah. did, what stuck out specifically about this show? Like you mentioned the cyclones, what are those? Oh yeah. It was definitely the, the cyclones. I just love that, that whole idea of, of the bike turning into a suit of armor. Right, so you'd be like riding the the motorcycle, you're riding the motorcycle, and you like like do this little jump. They're up in the air, and then the the bike just kind of like transforms and just into a suit of armor, and it's just so fucking cool. I love it. Like the Centurions. I don't know if I know the Centurions. Know the Centurions? All right, so there was these these three guys, eighties uh, cartoon. One is air, and he like flies on on like the blue armor. There's a guy who's earth in the green armor. There's a guy in the ocean. I think he's also blue. I don't I don't know, maybe gray or something. But it was kind of like that. And they would have like this sort of Iron Man sequence where like this big machine would like press the metal onto them, and they had all these little spots. It was based on a toy line, so it was kind of fun. Hmm. Yeah, vaguely. Oh, that sounds vaguely awfully familiar. familiar. Yeah. But um, yeah, the Cyclones were super cool. Also, the Invid were super cool. Like, the, especially oh, the, yeah. like the mechs yeah. that the Invid had were so unique looking. And they had like yeah. one eye in the center. And they just really, I cannot compare it to another robot. They, they kind of look like these, like, I almost want to say they were almost crab-like. Yes. Yeah. Like kinda. Like yeah. There was like there was there was two two or three that are crab like for sure. Um, I don't know what else to compare it to, like other than a crab, like or a horseshoe crab with arms or so. I don't know. Yeah. They're very different looking than most most things. And very menacing too. Like yeah. Like very intimidating. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And they came in a couple a couple flavors. They had like lavender flavor and like I don't know crab flavored cherry cherry crab. (laughs) Cherry crab, cherry crab, crab. Yeah. And it was like blueberry, blueberry crab, Mountain Dew, yeah, something. Uh, cream, they had a cream cheese one. The cream cheese one is my favorite, always. It doesn't matter what we're talking about. It's just cream cheese. That's the one that's in the fried wonton. It's like, yeah, you open it up. You're that like, one that is my favorite of the invids. There's a yeah, neck right in here. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, it's amazing. Yeah, that's the surprise. Or the worst surprise because you're eating it and then you chip a tooth and you're pissed and it's like, like, oh, no, I can't eat. I can't eat. There's there's a mech in here. Who put a mech (laughs) in my my wonton? Um, (laughs) Wonton, he says. Wonton. Yeah, cool show. Cool show. Uh, Yeah, very, very cool show. So, Tim, have you seen any Robotech ever? Never. We gotta, we gotta watch. You Robotech. have to remember um, that. I remember, you know, I remember there was a Robotech game coming out when I was growing up for the PS2, which was Robotech mm-hmm. Battlecry. Yep. And um, I remember that I thought it seemed really cool from like a technology standpoint because that game 
you know, uh, I don't, I don't know which, uh, you know, which series of Robotech it was based on at the time, but it had kind of like this cool cell shaded look and your character could kind of seamlessly flip between, uh, you know, two-legged walking around, uh, a plane mode or a, a motorcycle. And so like you had this ability to switch, you know, your means of transportation very quickly. And I was like, wow, this is super cool. I was like, I want to know more about Robotech, but it was never a show I had access to really. Like it was not on Toonami. Cause like, let's be honest, a lot of the anime and stuff that I watched growing yeah, up right. was all through Cartoon Network and Toonami. Yeah. And I mean, it, it very well could have been, you know, on one of the time slots that I just never saw. Uh, but so I didn't really get much exposure to that, but I, I remember always thinking it looked really cool and I knew that you guys had liked it and had been a fan of it. Um, but after seeing, you know, actually there, there's a lot of the, um, I think the whole first season is actually on YouTube. You can watch it for, uh, with, uh, the Japanese dialogue and, you know, English subtitles. Um, I mean, like. If that's like the only way I can I can watch it, I would happily do that. Um, but it's, uh, um, it's just the, the story set up in it. <clears throat> yeah, it's on you, you would probably oh, miss awesome. a lot okay. doing that just because there's aspects of the show that really get into music and and uh, I think that some of the lyrics in the in the not even just lyrics, but like some of the dialogue and how they interact with each other. I feel like mm-hmm. you're gonna miss some of the nuance. They do a good job with like the localization when it comes to the English dub. Yeah, like you think that they really they, yeah. they put a lot in there. It's not just like a one to one. Yeah, so that that's awesome. That's a that's a great advice. Yeah, that, yeah, that's in out. fact uh, with the original season. I don't know if I don't know if all the seasons do this, but the original season right now on Prime, it has a original broadcast version, and it also has a uh, like a, a high def cleaned up version. Like an oh version. nice, like an yeah. upscale in the yeah, very nice. version. It, I, it looked. It looked worse to me. Like I almost, I, I just like old shit so much because I am old, and I just kind of <laughs> like, I prefer the grit. <laughs> and yeah, wait, George yeah. Lucas didn't touch this, did he? <laughs> right? But that's what it looks like. <laughs> yes. It looks like, like the colors are brighter, and and everything looks a little smoothed, like digitally smoothed. <laughs> like you know, right. if I'm playing an emulator, I always want to see the perfect pixels. I never want to see it smoothed over. <laughs> Right, like, right. This is kind of like that. So it's like, eh, give me the grit, but it's fine. If, if you prefer the other one, they're both there. They're both uh, for free. And it, it was the whole series of the, at least the first season. All Artistically right. it's, it really is. I think the epitome of that, like perfect balance for anime style for me, where it's like, it has that grit. Like you're saying, it has those really like detailed lush backgrounds that are all hand painted and everything, but it's also not like so old. Uh, that like you know it's it's kind of antiquated like some of the older you know i mean i haven't watched a lot of like spaceship yamato or or captain harlock oh yeah some of those yeah, some those of those are, are like ones i really yeah. want to go back to but they're a little harder to go back yes, to i agree um, yeah. and it hadn't quite hit like the stride of more mainstream anime that like the 90s kind of brought so i mean like the feel and look of everything going on with you know just the, the bits of the first episode i've seen are perfect like it, yeah. and, and the setup and everything with the uh you know the 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 spaceship and and spaceship macros and everything like that is is very interesting and yeah i mean i i think i've had more experience with this series just like 
tangentially. Like I've always heard about it. I've encountered it here and there. Like I've played uh, one of the Super Nintendo games. Um, you know, there's, I think it's called uh, Macross Scrambled Valkyrie, which uh, was like a really cool um, horizontal shooter game on the Super Nintendo. And I being a dork and being like 10 when I found this game. Wait, on, wait, wait, you know, hold on. Like, I think 8-bit. I think you're cool. Okay. Well, thanks, cool. <laughs> I, think you're, I think you're so cool. Okay. Well, well thanks, cool guys. All right, cool. Um, but yeah, so fun, fun fact. So I played the, the, the Macross Scrambled Valkyrie game and thought it was a really, really cool name. So uh, from there on forward, uh, I, that was around the time when Guitar Hero was starting to become popular. And I remembered naming my band in Guitar Hero Shattered Valkyrie because it was like my riff on the scrambled Valkyrie name. Cause I'm like, shattered is a cooler word than scrambled. I'm going to yeah. take that. And like that, that's it. Like, but I literally just took it from this Macross game. So it's like, <laughs> it, it, like maybe it's about time that I, I fully turned my sights on, uh, on Macross. Sh shattered, and, and... shattered Valkyrie. Oh, 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 okay. I thought you were just right. going to announce that you were starting a new band. Oh yeah. No shattered. Valkyrie I was excited about that. Out, uh, shadow dropping uh, tomorrow. Yeah, what okay. what would that be like? What style would Shattered Valkyrie would would that have like a, a female would, lead singer and you're doing Rolling Stones yeah. covers? I mean, it does sounds like it would. <laughs> yeah, Shattered Valkyrie would definitely have to have a female but it's singer, German, but it's German or <laughs> power metal. Yeah, and um, I think a Scorpion. I I think like the the guitarist or the keyboardist would have to be Japanese just for no reason, just just for like. <laughs> oh, I mean, there are for, reasons. There you are know, reasons. Just, just to 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 pay tribute, you know, as well. Uh, to the source material. But, yes, yeah. this is this is purely me. I like all this. Ass. I mean, this is like I've already signed up for their Kickstarter. Yeah, so. <laughs> I funded their Indiegogo. I'm like, yeah. I don't have one of those yet. You're like, I just gave my money to a random stranger. <laughs> I am it says right here, Shattered Valkyrie. Shattered Valkyrie. Shattered. Shattered Valkyrie shattered all over the place. <laughs> oh no! Oh, it's shattered. Shattered oh, oh, no. Valkyrie. Valkyrie. Oh, oh, oh no. man! At all now. I just oh, spent all my Doge coins. Damn it! <laughs> I invested all of my GME stock is now it's now liquidated. Oh, Are you going to invest or not? <laughs> I know diamond hands over here. I mean, shart or get <laughs> off the Valkyrie. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, really, really. Um, so if we're if we're good with uh, the granddaddy of them all, uh, which yeah. is of course Robotech. Robotech Macross. Um, yeah. I think I think that was a, a nice a nice foundation for the rest of our episode. I think Rock it's a on. really good place to um, to sort of put the break in and let's let's do the octoponder this and we're gonna come back and we're gonna answer that and then we're gonna you know we got some more stuff to talk about some more mech some more super roboto uh, all the good stuff but instead of you know just to throw a little uh, little monkey wrench in the in, in the kinks there in the gears uh, not to grind the gears we want the don't gears grind to work them. perfectly but um you know we thought it'd be fun this week to do something a little bit different so we took a page out of the book of our very good friends, Patsy and Ashes of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. And we're actually going to do a little, our version of a little battle this week. And uh, so what we have uh, is uh, we put up on the Facebook group, um, uh, just, just a big, a big battle. I called it Mechapocalypse and just kind of put a bunch of random characters from random properties all in, in there and uh, had everybody in the, the group vote on their favorite characters and different people could add their own that you know were not on the list which a few few of our uh, listeners did pretty cool and uh so i'm just gonna read all those so first of all the um 
Uh, oh no, I'm gonna. Well, what am I? I was gonna say you gotta give us a break, man. I got a break. I got a break. I'm sorry. Okay, so let's uh, let's 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 hold up. So uh, let me let me give the. Let me give the the, the general thing, thing of it. So maybe people can start thinking about it while they're listening to uh, Deadly Grounds coffee ads. So um, the, the idea was, uh, it says the setting. Picture the world of Ready Player One, a video game landscape where all licenses are a go. So literally anything you want, and they're all fighting together, just like we got to see Mechagodzilla take on the one of the Gundams at the end of Ready Player One, which is just so amazing. Um, so the combatants, uh, these were the rules. I'll, I'll, I'll state the rules. Um, since there are so many types of mechs, um, I wanted to lay down some ground rules. So for valid entry, a combatant in mechapocalypse must either be a giant robot or a mechanical rig with only one pilot. Therefore, Voltron, the Megazord, Gypsy Danger, all those guys are out of here. Forget that stuff. If it looks more like a costume, Rather than a person piloting machinery like Iron Man or Samu Saran or something like that, like it's a robot suit, but it's more of a suit, more of a costume, um, they're also out. So, and we also told people they could vote for as many as they wanted and just have fun. So, um, yeah, we're gonna, I'll, I'll just, I'll just set that up. And you guys out there, you can think about who you might want. Uh, and we'll, uh, we'll be right back after this. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, Get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good. It's scary. Oh, hey there, Count Panic. I got a question for you. What's that, Bob? What do you know about Mothman, the Loch Ness Monster, ghosts, demons, and things that go bump in the night? Not much, Bob. Well, lucky for you, we host a podcast called Bob After Dark, where we talk about legends, lore, and the supernatural. Wow, where can I find this podcast? Wherever you find your great podcasts at. Hello, this is Terrell Whitlatch. I am the lead creature designer for The Phantom Menace, among other things. And you are listening to Retro Redoctopus. Hey, are you ready to do some bacon? It's about that time where we ask you, the audience, to octo-ponder this. Okay, welcome back aboard, everyone. So before we took a break, we asked you this uh, week's octo-ponder this, which wasn't even an octo-ponder this at all, really. It was a battle. That's right, we did a Throwdown Thursday battle. And uh, here are the combatants for Metal... No, I keep wanting to say Metalocalypse, and it's not. <laughs> that, that is not what this <laughs> is. Mecha, it's Mechapocalypse is what it is. I mean, I came up with the damn thing. I can't even remember it. So um, once again, the rules are you had to be like a big robot with only one pilot. So the Megazord is out, Voltron's out, and you couldn't be too small like an Iron Man type. So here we have... Um, I'm going to read uh, all of the entries, but I'm going to read them in the reverse order of how many votes they got. So we're going to end with the winner, obviously. So the, uh, the only sad sack who received zero votes was the power loader piloted by Ellen Ripley. Get away from her, you bitch. Sure. But she got no votes. And then we have, this one was added by retroid George Brennan, and it's actually Achilles 
being uh, uh, who's piloting his robot from the movie Robot Jocks. I don't know if you guys know this movie, but I knew this movie and I really wanted to talk about it tonight. And guess what? It's, it's nowhere. You can't watch this anywhere. It's out of print. It's not on any streaming service. Like you look up Robot Jocks where to watch. Art. It's like, yeah, it's nowhere to watch. You've done he was it. like really pleased about that too. So uh, shout out to George. Yeah. So. <laughs> so I said, please add it. So um, Achilles got one vote and it was George Brennan. <laughs> so pretty awesome. Uh, then we have uh, Tekaman Blade piloted by D-Boy, as he was called in the Japanese version of the cartoon. Um, and he also has one vote and that is Mr. Nintendo. Yes. This yes. is a really good, uh, this is a really good show. I really like Tekka man blade quite a bit. I, I, I want yeah, to like this, this sequel. The sequel was really Tekka good. Man blade too. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. If I hope we don't forget about it. Cause I do want to swing back around. Um, Tekka man blade was cool. Um, and then we have wing Gundam zero pilot by hero, hero Yui or Yi. Or Yai, I don't know. I didn't know. Yo, yo, yo. Um, who got one vote? Um, and this was uh actually it was voted by Bishop O'Connell, who is always poking around the Facebook group. So thanks for the vote, Bish. I am uh, more I'm of a you know, I'm, I'm honestly <laughs> surprised that this isn't up any higher because Gundam is pretty popular. Gundam's pretty popular, yeah. Right. That's not everybody's favorite, that's why. You, right. you gotta you that's gotta pull true. out like Epion so, or Tall so Gundam choices. So, so yeah, there's just so many and I didn't really watch yeah. Gundam, but like we'll we'll swing back around. I know you have some Gundam stuff, uh Coop, so that's really cool. We'll 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 get there for sure. Um, so the next up is Grendizer, piloted by Duke Fleed, and this was added by our very good friend, Mr. Randy Carter of Swarm of Eyes, and this received two votes. Pretty cool. Um, and then we have the AA-500 Falcon E-Frame, piloted by JT Marsh. Woohoo! Also got two, <laughs> also got two <laughs> votes. Um, and we'll talk about who he voted for at the very end. Um, then we have Liger Zero, piloted by BitCloud. And this was actually um, added by Paul Schumacher. And that received three votes. Thank you, Paul, because Thanks, you added man. one from from a property that I was going to use. Yeah, so I was like, I saw it's already there. Yeah, <laughs> so it gets a vote. Yes, boom. Um, so that's Liger Zero. Then we have Escaflone, piloted by Von Fanel, which is just Von Fanel. It's just all the funny names are in that particular entry. Um, and Escaflone got three votes. Uh, then we have Kiryu, piloted by Akane Yashiro. And Kiryu is the third Mechagodzilla for you who don't know. And uh, he received three votes. Up from that, we have Jehuti, Jehuti, piloted by Dingo Egret, Dog and a Bird. And that, is, uh, that was added <laughs> by uh, Adam Letourneau. And Jehuti actually got four votes. Pretty awesome. Way yes. to go, Hootie. Way to go, the Dog and a Bird. Uh, and, the and then we fish. have a Veritech fighter piloted by Rick Hunter got a whopping seven votes. Wow. Look at that. So that's quite a jump. That's quite if a jump. If you put Roy up there, he probably would have smoked everybody. You think so? That's actually <laughs> oh what my I, God. I, yeah. <laughs> said as well, uh, that it should have been Roy. Um, but I was, I, I, I added most of these and I was just trying to go with like the kind of the general protagonist of the show. And in the case of, um, Gundam, that's like, Oh my God, there's so many Gundams to even choose from, but it seemed Ugh, like that yeah. was the one that was on, uh, Toonami and a lot of people really got into it in America. So I wanted to make sure I was going from Gundam Wing. Um, 
maybe I'm wrong. Uh, that doesn't seem to be. I, I have watched multiple. Really yeah, but Wing to me is still the one that I go back to. Yeah. It's, okay. It's like watching Game of Thrones with giant robots. <laughs> and a better ending. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and finally, in the number one spot, beating Veritech Fighter by only one meager vote, we have, drumroll please, we have the Dragon Zord, piloted by the Green Ranger with a whopping eight votes. Pretty funny. I, I, uh, I think it's really funny to see that, <laughs> that take the lead spot. Especially, we just did our Sabat episode and did a whole freaking like forty-five minutes on Power Rangers. I think. Well, that's it. We got everyone right. all frothing. You know, now they like, were all. Oh, Power Does not shock so me, guys. At any at any convention, Jason David Frank has the longest line. You know, yeah. like yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. He was next to Shatner, and they're like, "Okay, we got to put these people over here." And Shatner <laughs> just stands there, like looking. He's like, "What the hell's with this guy?" You know, it's like he's <laughs> got like this, this endless punk? line of people coming through, and he's like hugging them and like like doing like martial arts kicks and stuff. And Shatner's like, "Don't touch me." You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, Call you want to hear about tech war? No, <laughs> <laughs> no one does. Autograph yeah. line negotiator. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Bill Shatner. Um, so that is our Mechapocalypse battle throwdown Thursday style. But you guys had fun with that. We really appreciate you uh, interacting with us and throwing some votes down. So uh, why don't we share who we voted for? Um, I'm going to I'm going to list my I voted for three. I did vote for the Dragon Sword. I also voted for Jehuti and uh, also Kiryu, who is my number one favorite Godzilla character. Uh, I'm just saying it is. So uh, those are my three. What, what about what about you guys, Mr. Nintendo? What, what did you vote for? Well, I picked four. Okay. Uh, I, I also uh, picked the Dragon Zord and mm-hmm. Jahute, Escaflone, and Techman Blade. Nice. 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 Uh, I voted for Jahute. You gotta have the dog. You gotta have it's gotta be very breathy. Uh, yeah, borderline Jehuti. Michael Jackson. Uh, so so uh Zone of the Enders is is the property that Jehuti's from uh, yes. PS2 series and a super cool uh just awesome looking mech, very you know cool game world uh very fast moving snappy feeling mech combat and uh developed by the creator of metal gear solid uh zone of the enders is awesome nice. um i also voted for kiryu because i had to represent my godzilla boy kiark uh kiarg and then i went with liger zero uh piloted by Bitcloud because zoids never gets any love uh, and I really thought that Steve was the one who populated that one. So when I saw Paul Schumacher did it, I'm like, oh, man, I'm not alone out here. There's other people out here that think about Zoids when they think about mechs. So I was, <laughs> I was pumped by that. That was cool. And uh, that was definitely the one that I I I really got like started with that series. Like Liger, it was all about Liger Zero. Like he's cool. Yeah. Shit. And I'll, I'll definitely talk more Zoid stuff later on. Um, but yeah, so th- those are my my tree votes. Nice. What about you, Koopa Troopa? 
Uh, I voted for uh, Lord Krang, the uh, Dimension X brain, but um, he, he didn't. He didn't end up there, but um, you know, like, oh, you should put him up there. So yeah, and um, my second choice was the little alien that got killed in Men in Black. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. For the belt. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, of course, I, really I, like I voted for Exo Squad. I and and I didn't know I could vote multiple times. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> I probably would have voted for the Liger though, because I mean, those are cool looking machines. Just yeah. right. They're, they're not like <laughs> anything else. And I, I, I know that you're going to get into it. So I'll, I'll save some of that, but yeah, I probably would have voted for the Liger too, but I am not a dragon sword guy, guys. I'm just not. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. I was, uh, I was you know, a dragon sword didn't need your ass. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't. He did How does he blow the time. flute, guys? How uh, is there a little hole his, in there? His, with his helmet on, obviously. It's actually yeah. just an NFC chip. Uh, when it's close enough to his helmet, it just plays the song. You know, <laughs> the, the finger motions are purely. What do you fine. think he's blowing into it? Come on, he's if got a helmet on. Jesus, Coop. Yeah, if on. you're happy with that, that's fine. But <laughs> I'm not happy about it. <laughs> magnets. It's all magnets. Space all magnets. magnets. Space, Space magnets. magnets. Oh, Future is God. magnets. Um. Awesome stuff. So that was pretty fun. So, um, all right. So to get back into our meat and potatoes of the week, um, I think I'm going to pass the torch to 8-Bit Alchemy because you haven't really gotten much to say so far. So um, why don't you give us some Zoids, man? Rock on. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, when I when I think, you know, a mech show, really for me growing up, it was it was definitely Zoids. Like Gundam was around. There was there was some other things that were popular at the time, but I fell in love with Zoids. Um and what's interesting, uh, you know, I had no idea how far back uh, this property went. Um, you know, Zoids was a, a Japanese franchise created by uh, Tommy or Tomy, T-O-M-Y. Tomy, uh, yeah. yeah, Takara Tomy. And uh, basically the idea is like, okay, we've, we've seen mechs before. We've seen, you know, humanoid mechs. Uh, these are all mechanical animals, dinosaurs, insects, arachnids, you know, mytholo- mythological creatures, like all that kind of stuff. Uh, let's have people piloting those. Ligers, like pretty much. Ligers, like oh my god, they're pretty much mythical <laughs> powers. Mythical powers. Um, and so the whole franchise actually started with models. Uh, and these model toys, um, they were, they were, they over the years they would be spun off into various things, including anime and manga, uh, as well as video games. Um, but in Japan, there were over 200 different designs of Zoid toys released over the years. Uh, sometimes they'd release multiple different color schemes, you know, ones that fought for different factions, whatever. Um, but the, the, there was quite a mythos that had gotten built up. So uh, the, the, the toys actually started uh, with uh, something called Mechabonica, which was released in 1982. And this was technically before Zoid was, you know, called that. Um, but later on, it became canonical, and and the the three toys that were released in this line became the original Zoids, according to retconning. Uh, and those would be uh, the Garius, the Elephantus, and the gl- the Glidoler. Uh, I could not find uh, many pictures of these though, so I'm not positive what they are all based on. Elephantus is a mystery to me. We will never know. Um, <laughs> There's no record but, of it anywhere. There's no Forget record it. of it anywhere. Yeah. But, I remember so this, these toys in the 80s too. Um, they, it was it was one of those things where you, you saw them and you're like, is that thing walking? So <laughs> they were they were pretty cool. Like they had little chrome bits to them. Mm-hmm. So and, and you look at it and, oh, that, and I mean, chrome bit is my favorite bit. My mom's favorite piece. My mom's favorite piece is the chrome yes. bit. 
<laughs> oh man, you broke my mind. My favorite piece. bit. But they so, they were they were pretty cool. And um, just just to go back, this was the company that didn't do Transformers. This is the company that did GoBots. Challenge of the GoBots. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So clearly, you know, used to being maybe uh, second banana with some of these big crazes. Um, and so, yeah, so this this original run of toys did not do super well, and it was eventually dropped. Um, and then uh, Tommy actually sold the rights to the Mechabonica line to U- the U.S. and Europe. So they were just like, you know what, we're just going to kind of get rid of this thing. And uh, and then they were rebranded as Zoids. And so this this line of toys kind of became much more popular uh, with the new rebranding and everything. And then what happened is that Tommy went, holy shit did we mess up and then they they relaunched the toys in japan again like they basically threw it to america as like a okay this is kind of a stinker and then it did awesome and they're like wait maybe we just went about this wrong uh which is crazy like that seems like that does not happen too often usually things are huge in japan and then they come over here much later (laughs) like mr big like mr big i mean (laughs) might as well call it mr huge if i'm being honest um i wish you would be i would be uh, so yeah, so they, they released the toys back in Japan in 1983. Um, this, this new relaunch actually was really what, what started everything, you know, up and running. Uh, it did really well. It went from like 1983 to 1990. And this is, this is an aspect I think is super cool. Uh, and I think would resonate with a lot of people today. So these, this, this line of Zoids that was re-released to Japan or, you know, newly released had what's called a battle story. And basically what this was, was there was um, like this serialized story that was told either in the manuals or on the backs of the boxes of each one of the different model kits. And they were all told from the perspective of whichever model it happened to be. So if you bought, you know, the, you know, I don't know if it was a D bison or if it was a command wolf or whatever was around at the time, it would give you this dialogue, this narrative written from the perspective of where that that Zoid was in the war. Um, and so basically it kind of wove together this like disjointed network of, of narrative all across the different toys. And that was really the only way to get the full story is to just kind of piece it together like that, which I think is really cool. Yeah, really cool. Um, I've definitely not seen that before. And it kind of reminds me of stuff that, you know, some modern video games do now where the storyline is kind of told through descriptions and like background elements and not so much like in your face. Um, so I thought that was really, really interesting. Um, you said that was in 83-ish? This was 83. Yep, so that, this- that predates Masters of the Universe with their mini comics that they did release with the uh, the figures. Mm-hmm. And it also predates G.I. Joe, Real American Hero, who had all the descriptions written on the back. But still, that's that's kind of revolutionary where it's like they got their ideas more than likely from Zoids. Yeah. And, and you know what's crazy uh, still is that this this concept of the battle story was kept exclusively to the Japanese run of Zoid's toys. Oh, wow. uh, in in America, they didn't they didn't adapt that, um, and so none of that battle story really got uh, brought over here until uh, technically the anime series tried to adapt some of it. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I think Masters in the U- of the Universe and G.I. Joe would still stay relevant because they were maybe the first ones to do it in America. Um, 
which is interesting to note as well. But yeah, so Zoids, Zoids was doing it in Japan. Clearly, I don't know. Uh, you know, maybe they just didn't have a lot of faith that there would be a lot of loyalty enough to warrant translating the story. I don't know. I don't know why they would they would leave that out. Um, but yeah, so the toys went through a number of iterations. Actually, um, the the next one that came out was the one that Boss Rush Mode had mentioned. He remembered, which was Robostrux, um, and Robostrux were brought into America. Um, by Tomy in 1985 and 1986. And basically what they did was they're like, okay, the Japanese run has now gotten so much farther than what we had previously seen with the original American run. We're going to start bringing some of those Japanese lines over here and, and doing that kind of stuff. Um, so the, uh, the Robostrux unfortunately didn't have any other kind of market uh, marketability. There was no cartoon. There was no you know, other tie-in and they were really expensive. So they didn't do super well. Um, and so, yeah, so, uh, I mean, there's there's quite a number um, that, that would go back and forth. But I guess the, the final two toy iterations I'll talk about is that in 1999, uh, Tomy uh, launched the Zoids again in Japan. So that would be nine years after their initial run had ended. Um, and uh, basically, they, uh, they decided that this run would also be kind of brought over into america and, and kind of do like a simultaneous uh effort here uh and so hasbro got the license for zoids in north america in 2001 and those are the toys that i bought you know those hasbro toys were the ones that i really started to get into in the early 2000s um the the toys at this point were divided into the republic and the empire obviously very creative names there um <laughs> initially uh the hasbro line was just re-released zoids from the the newer Japanese release, um, but they did eventually begin developing their own unique designs and uh, and whatnot. Um, it was initially very successful, but Hasbro had suspended the line in 2004 due to poor sales. But during this short stretch of time, from you know 2001 to 2004, uh, they were able to get you know at least two anime series you know off the ground. Uh, so basically there were there were six anime total from like the original one to today currently 2021 um but the ones that made it to america were zoids chaotic century and um also zoids new century zero uh so kind of interesting uh th these anime they were released here out of order um so we we actually got zoids new century zero first and this show is the one that has Liger Zero. It has Bit Cloud. Um, the focus of the show is definitely much more digestible. It's like, here's the deal. It's kind of like a wasteland of a of a world. You know, it takes place on the planet Z, uh, ZI for those who are you know interested in spelling. Um, and basically, it's just battles. It's combat. It's a lot of the stuff that you want to see of Zoids. There's you none know the bullshit. It has none, none of the bullshit. <laughs> Oh, not killer, single, no filler. Yep, yes. Not a single D bison cake. So these uh, <laughs> these were, you know, like groups of three Zoid pilots that would travel the world. And there was like this overarching Skynet-esque, uh, you know, institution called the Zoid Battle Commission. Um, and so Zoids were entirely retired from their previous use for like, you know, implements of war. And it was just like this combative sport kind of thing. Um, the Zoid Battle Commission would just oversee various different 
you know, interactions between these teams. And it was just, it was all combat based and it, it, you know, it had narrative, it had story, it had character development, which was great, but it never starved you for like the, the super exciting, uh, you know, elements too. And so I think the reason why America decided to have this be first was because of that. It was easier to get into. Um, and then afterward, they released Zoid Chaotic Century, which was much more story driven. There was a lot of, you know, kind of intrigue with these different characters. I mean, just just for example, New Century only had 25, 26 episodes, whereas Chaotic Century had 67. So Chaotic Century had almost three times the number of episodes. So a lot more to go over. Um, so America got that show second. But uh, in Japan, it actually happened first. And technically, it makes more sense to watch Chaotic Century first and then to watch New Century um, just because of, you know, it's it's chronologically meant to be that way. Um, So I, you know, I can I could go on for a while. But the thing I think is worth is worth saying that I thought was interesting is that as a kid, uh, I watched New Century, thought it was cool. I liked the gladiatorial stuff, but I thought it was kind of shallow. I loved Chaotic Century because I got really into the characters and I, I, I liked all the different, you know, villains and things that they established. I have now since this week gone back and watched both of them. And I find <laughs> Chaotic Century to be very hard to watch. Uh, and I, I find that New Century with its uh, with its combat stuff is is way more fun for me because I mean. I'm really in it because I like the Zoids. The Zoids are yeah. cool as hell. Yep. The designs are sweet. They're constantly mm. getting exposed to new and different ones. There's enough story, but it's not overbearing. And honestly, the biggest problem with Chaotic Century is not that the story is bad. The problem with Chaotic is that the the dub is actually really bad. And, um, just oh. yeah. and, and it's a yeah. bummer because as a kid, I didn't catch that. Like I did not have a trained ear enough to really get that. Um, the dub is super Canadian. It's crazy Canadian, <laughs> which is not intrinsically bad at all. Um, but a lot of the and deliveries you're like, are you're weird. Like, Zap hour, is that you? <laughs> They're just like, oh, okay, thanks. Thanks a lot for doing that for me. Oh, Fiona, what's that? Oh, I don't know. And I'm just like, holy cow, it's so distracting. <laughs> you're like, and they all from Newfoundland? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's very very like pronounced, um, but yes, the delivery is kind of rough, and there's not a lot of you know the goody goody Zoid battling that I want. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But but what's worth saying is that Chaotic Century did take a lot of their story from the Japanese only battle stories that were written on the boxes and things, which is cool. You know that's worthwhile, and um, it introduced a, a really interesting concept, which is there's Zoids that are uh, not just you know, big mechs that people can pilot. There's actually a rare Zoid that uh, the main character Vaughn discovers. Uh, you can have or- sex with it, right? This is the one you, you have, have sex, sex with. with. Well, yes, it's an organoid. <laughs> yes, um, so it has organs. Nothing but nothing uh, but. It organs. has various organs. You have options. It has organs. Yep. Wasn't oh. this on Rick and Morty? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get it pregnant and everything. <laughs> oh God. So uh, the the organoid <laughs> is unique because it's not uh it's not a mech that you can pilot. It's more it more behaves like an actual animal. It is still mechanical, well, but it's, a it's buddy. able to it's a buddy, and it's able to interface with any Zoid and like turn it from being old and busted to new hotness. <laughs> new hotness. 
Nice. Like full <laughs> transference, like awesomeness. So obviously you now have a main character who has this really special thing. All the bad guys want it. And he finds this girl, Fiona, and she has amnesia and she doesn't remember anything, but she has this little memory of like something called Zoid Eve. And, <laughs> and, and Vaughn's just like, oh, I want to help you, Fiona. Let's do it. I'll help you out. Uh-huh. And so that's just, you know. Ah. That's just what they do. And yeah. I'm like, it's, it, it wants to be so good. But I just want New Century. I just want, I just want yeah. Liger Zero. Just He's want badass. The, it's fine. Does it, he go it, to it, new gyms every week trying to earn badges? I mean, it, I mean honestly, it's, it's, bo- it's right there. It's right there. They don't need no stinking badges. He wants to be the very best. He really does. Does he make um, poodles fly? Okay. <laughs> um. I, I just really want like if people don't know what Zoids are like I know like you you did mention it at the beginning but like I have to stress how amazing these toys are yeah you gotta yes. you gotta check them out like they are wise, they're second to so none. amazing now my like I said my favorite Godzilla character is Kiryu which is the third Mecha Godzilla but the first Mecha Godzilla was always my favorite for years I just love robots that are robots of shit like animals and dinosaurs and monsters and shit like if it's a right i love i also love the the darius twin games like the darius games darius games it's like all all the bosses are all like spaceships that are shaped like fish why i don't fucking know because they're they're robot animals like do i put a caudal fin right there is that where the caudal fin goes i don't even fucking remember like does this thing have a caudal fin What's the difference between a caudal fin and a dorsal fin? I don't even fucking know. Are there flukes on this thing? Holy shit. Do we need to bother making gills? This is a robot. Don't forget. Does it need the gills? Like, can we use the gills as, like, exhaust ports or some shit? I don't Definitely. know. But anyway, so, like, it's literally, like, all that shit is, like, I love so much. Um, and so, like, I had two of these that I actually purchased. They're, now, they're model kits, which you said, but... They're model kits, so they come and it's that sort of thing like with Gundams where, you know, they come in little squares and you kind of, you know, wiggle wiggle them out and get all your pieces and then you, you know, assemble it. But some of them would light up, some of them would move, some of them would walk. It was really freaking cool. These were like really awesome model kits that when they were completed, I mean, they were they were just amazing and big. A lot of them were were like pretty goddamn huge. So I never got to build any of them because I didn't really see them on the shelves at all. But there was uh, my local comic book store, which is uh, Rubber Chicken Comics, which is actually still in business today. Now they're in Bellingham, Massachusetts. And shout out to Jay Filarella, who uh, owns owns that bad boy. We love him. Um, yeah, like they had two and I didn't even know what they were for years. I didn't know what a Zoid was. They were already built and they were just in the glass case. And I literally purchased both of them. I'm like, do you have any more <laughs> of these? Because I want them too. they became like like some of my favorite toys ever. Right. And what those two were, one was a gorilla. One was a like a Tyrannosaurus. And their names are um, the gorilla was uh, it's called Iron Kong. Mm-hmm. came out and uh, it looks like it came out in 1987, I think it said. Um, His but- face reminds me of uh, the Herculoids. Yes, Igu. <clears throat> Remember yeah. the big uh, rock ape yeah, Ig- from the Herculoids? Yeah, Igu was his name. Um, but so this guy comes in all different colors. Lots of them come in all different colors. So I actually have a coloration that is it's called the Iron Kong MK2. And he is black and kind of gold. So he's almost like 
Boston Bruins colors a little bit, but the black right. isn't really black. It's probably more of like a dark brown or a dark gray or something like that. But he is really amazingly badass. Um, and unfortunately, I, I do still have him, but he's he's lost a lot of his guns over the years. But um, the the other one, the Death Soarer, um, mm, this is like yes. always been one of my favorite possessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's black and red. I mean, he used to walk. It used to work and and he made noise. It was awesome. Basically looks like a big robot Godzilla, like a Mecha Godzilla type, but they really made it their own. It doesn't look like exactly like Mecha Godzilla at all. It's just that shape, you know, that overall like hulking T-Rex, but mm. not really a T-Rex. His arms are bigger and stuff like that. He's absolutely amazing. Death Soarer. And uh, I have him too. And I, I will share this. Um, <clears throat> sadly, uh, so we had a lot of our toys that were still at our, our mom's house. And uh, earlier this year, our mom's house actually caught on fire. So oh. eight bit alchemy and myself. She's fine. Um, but the house, uh, we lost a lot of stuff. Um, and she lost a lot of stuff. So um, we were going in and. Um, you know, sort of the next day or a couple days later, and we're trying to find like, what can we salvage? And legitimately my mind went to the Zoids and I was like, Oh my God, if, if I can just, if I can just save those, those Zoids. And uh, I remember that the last time where they were was in eight bits closet in his room. And he had moved out at the time, but a lot of our stuff is just still. All and that's there. where the fire was too. So, mm-hmm. The fire was in his in a different bedroom, the adjacent bedroom. So oh, right, right, and I yeah, was yeah, yeah. so I was like, oh, oh, so maybe the stuff in your closet is okay. And we looked, and the closet seemed okay. But he's like, oh my god, I recently moved them to the other closet. Oh no! Which is where the fire started, basically. So I'm like, oh my god, that sucks. So for like days, I was I was like, oh man, the whole thing is sad. The whole thing's awful. But man, I'm so goddamn bummed about losing. Like more than anything else that I personally lost that was still in the house, because um, you know it's just how it is. You know, I moved out freaking 20 years ago, almost. Like it, it feels like it. I don't know, 15 years ago. It's like I don't know. You still just have crap at your mom's house. I don't. I don't. Right. Like, I don't know what it is. Um and. And so anyway, so I'm like, let's let's go in this other closet. And I know that the fire was there and like we're going through and like all oh, yeah, it was all the, the, the rooms all taped up and everything. Yeah. They, yeah. They didn't even want us going in there. But I was like, fuck this. I'm, I'm looking in the closet for my fucking Zoids. So and, <laughs> and also for 8-Bits, like like his shirts were there were like clothes were in there. So yeah. anyway, so we're like trying to is there anything we can salvage? Is there anything? All of his Zoids were in that room that he had actually built himself and he had like at least, I don't know. I had, I had four of them that okay. I can definitely remember. And they were, they were unfortunately toast. They toast. were gone. Toast. Super freaking sad. Mine. I'm like, okay, if they're in this damn closet, I'm finding them. I'm at least finding the pieces to, to like get eyes on the pieces. And so I'm like, everything was a mess. Everything was awful. Everything was covered in smoke and soot and awfulness and burned and all this terrible stuff. And so um, we're like, I'm digging, I'm digging, I'm digging. Like there they were at the bottom of the closet, protected by all this shit that got wrecked (laughs) on top of it. Um, They were, they were, they were there intact. 
and I was able to snag both Zoids. Wow. And I had to clean them like very meticulously. Um, so they would stop smelling because man, it was bad. But, um, I, I salvaged the the two Zoids. I mean, I, I definitely lost pieces for Iron Kong. He had he had more guns for sure, and uh, and stuff. But honestly, Death Zor, like he, I don't think he walks anymore. I mean, I could put batteries in him. I'm guessing he doesn't work anymore. But he still looks pretty damn sexy on a shelf. So. Sure does. Did you um, see what he's going for on eBay? Yeah, they're both a going lot. for five hundred. About five hundred and thirteen dollars. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they're yeah, they're, they're definitely you know cool. pri- prize possessions for sure. And I mean, yeah. the ones that I had that I I lost was I, I did have a figure of uh, the Liger Zero um, Panzer. For those of you who knew the show, the Liger Zero was interesting because he had multiple different armors that it could equip and unequip or, or modules that it would get later, um, which made it very you know stand out for for compared to most of them, which are pretty static. Um, so I had a figure of him. I had a blue command wolf, which is like very iconic. Like that, that yeah. thing is just all over yep. Zoids. Um, there was the shadow Fox, which was definitely one of my personal favorites. It was like this black and copper kind of Fox uh, creature. Um, so friggin' cool. Uh, there was a lightning Sykes S A I X, which is kind of like a, they, they had a few different tiger cat like ones, but the lightning Sykes was definitely my favorite. Uh, it was, it had like black and red and uh, green eyes and just looked super he badass. Was, he was my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Light, lightning Sykes kicked ass. But, I feel like um, he was one supposed was... to be a, a, a saber tooth tiger. He was like the smile on. Right. Right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there were, uh, there were some other tiger ones that were like had bigger teeth, but I don't know. I just didn't like them as much. Um, but the, the one that I actually uh, turned out to be my favorite one that I had was, was this one called the berserk fury. And, uh, and the berserk fury was a, you know, antagonist Zoid that was from new century. And it started out as just kind of like a, you know, a velociraptor looking, you know, they, they called it a Tyrannosaurus type Zoid, but it definitely, I don't know, it had like a Velociraptor kind it of did, vibe yeah. going on. Um, but it had this really interesting, like pale lavender colored uh, armor that was on it. And when this thing was put together, oh my God, like the segmented tail and the way that the armor fit on top of the base and everything, it was just like, holy shit. Seeing this thing in person, it was like the the show come to life. It was so cool. And I remember when I finished building it, I'm like, damn, I did not expect to love this thing as much as I did when it was finished. Because I was like, yeah, Lightning Sykes and Shadow Wolf were my, were my fave. Um, but yeah, Berserk Fury, I thought was just so sick. Ended up loving that thing. Um, and, you know, I I still, you know, I, I build uh, Gundams and stuff every once in a while just because it's fun. I don't really have much investment in Gundam, but I would love to get my hands on some Zoid kits and, and put a few together just for old time's sake. Because it's, yeah. it's so much fun to do those. And they look great when they're yeah. finished. Yeah, absolutely. Did you guys play any of the Zoids games? I know um, probably the GameCube one is the one that I go back to. I never so did. So I, uh, no, I, I never, never got to it. play that one. Um, the only one I had much exposure to was there was a there was an RPG on the Game Boy Advance, uh, which was like you know you would go around you would build a Zoid. It was like turn based combat kind of thing. It was neat, but it was a little slow. Um, and then a friend of mine had the Zoids game on the Xbox, which was uh, Zoids Assault. 
And for some reason, they like they sterilized everything. Like they made all of the Zoids grayscale. They took all the color out of it. They tried to make it like very gritty, very militant. And I remember my friend was playing it, and I'm like, man, this is so weird. Like this just feels like they were trying to make it something it wasn't. Um, but no, I never played the the GameCube one. Tell me about that one a bit. Uh, let's see. Well, I had to look it up because I, I had just remembered it. I was like, geez, it was called Zoid Battle Legends. And uh, it, it seemed like it got some decent reviews on it. But um, I don't know. I mean, you can definitely play as the um, as the Liger there. I guess that's your main character and kind of protagonist. Yep. But like the graphics were pretty decent. And it looked a lot like Robotech, like the game we were talking about, the Battle Cry. Battle yeah. Cry, yep. it, yeah. it seemed like very similar and and the thing about like Zoids is they they almost had like that signature look with the Zoids with like that cell shading, so yep. that was kind of like the cool thing. Like the show looked amazing, like as cool as the toys look, the sh- the show looked just as cool. Yeah, the CG was fantastic. You know the way that they blended that with the anime and everything, it did not in any way feel cheesy. And even going back and watching a few episodes, like at no point was I like, oh, these are have aged really poorly i'm like no this still looks great you know they still look awesome they they have you know they're just such complicated machines and the cell shading style looks really good for it yeah and i guess that's a a reoccurring theme that we have with stuff that hasn't aged or it hasn't aged out right yep the style you know over uh you know realism kind of thing yeah, but very cool. So I mean, yeah, that's that's kind of my little <clears throat> my little gab about Zoids. I I love this this franchise, and uh, I've seen some of the newer stuff they've done with it. And I don't love the direction of the new uh, the new Zoids Wild series. Obviously, I have been away from the property for quite some time. But uh, yeah, I would be lying if I told you I wasn't going to go and finish watching all, <laughs> all of <laughs> New right, Century, right. Uh, if nothing else, because it's it's a good time. Right. I, I remember kind of watching the show back in the day and i never really got into the story i don't remember which zoid show it was but i've always i was always impressed with not only how the zoids looked but like like you said like the 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 whole uh cell shaded look to them and Mm -hmm. is i don't know i mean back in the day I i was blown away by that right yeah there weren't many shows that i had seen at the time that did that i think that was my first exposure to cell shading I think it really show. was a it really was in vogue for a while there. It was kind yeah. of a thing to do. Yeah. Very, very cool. Uh, you know, it kind of became a thing in video games too, where a lot of video games are coming out cell shaded. Or they would call it cell shaded. They're like, uh, it's uh polygons with an outline. Uh right. that's, big outline. That's, uh, right. Cell shading. Uh, right. it's like, well, not 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 exactly, but okay. <laughs> so that, that's a great presentation of zoid so thanks for that 8-bit very cool no um so i think that um now i'm going to i'm going to do mine next um i'm going to give you guys a little bit of a show that everybody knows and uh loves i think if you were from the 80s especially if you, you you know you're into big robots i think the first the first big one the granddaddy may have been robotech but maybe the uh the stepdad uh, or maybe the dad, I don't know, or the mom. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is. The, uh, the, the fun family next door was uh, Voltron. Voltron. Uh, Voltron, yeah. which I really thought was called Defender of the Universe. I really thought the show was called 
Voltron Defender of the Universe. Apparently, there was a like a reboot in the '90s that was called that, and it's like, yeah, really the thought one with the cars, were, not the one with the cars. There was a reboot. Um, I, I, it doesn't matter. It's oh, well, reboots another show was, too. I thought that was called Voltron Force. <laughs> yeah, reboot. There, so there was a Voltron Force, but there also was a show. There's been a lot of redos of Voltron. It's really funny. Um, because obviously the current Netflix one is Legendary Defender. Which is amazing. Um, amazing. One of the greatest cartoon shows of all time. But I want to talk about the, the original. Um, so this show, uh, it aired in... So bear with me for a bit. I, I kind of screwed up. I had all these notes written down. And uh, I, I, I actually don't have them with me. So I suck. Um, but <laughs> I know Age of Internet and all. But uh, So the original show uh, aired from 83 to 85. And it actually had... Um, I, think, I think it was like... 40 something episodes or something like that. It was, it was a decent amount or 50, 50 something episodes. I think the first season, because the first season and the second season were based on completely unrelated shows, which is why so many people are adamant that the first season is the only season and nobody likes the car Voltron, <laughs> the vehicle Voltron. <laughs> right. Right. Happened next. Well, it was a totally different show. Just like, you know, Robotech, the new generation, it was an unrelated show. Um, but the original show, was uh it was from beast it was beast king go lion was actually the the original title um in japan and basically what happened was it was uh it was produced it was produced by toei and it was brought over here by a company called world events productions and they were you know an american company that was starting to do this and you know let's take some japanese cartoons and make some money off it in america and um, basically what happened was they, they acquired the rights. They acquired the license to be able to run the show and they got all the episodes and uh, legitimately none of them spoke Japan, Japanese. And they literally were like, well, we have the show. We have to come up with, not only do we have to come up with English dialogue, uh, but we actually have, we have no idea what this freaking show is about. So oh, no, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they literally are like, so imagine watching like 50 episodes of something and like you're coming up with all the character names, but you're also like coming up with the story is and like what's going on. And, and I, it just seems so hard to me. And of course they, they did recut episodes and stuff like that. And uh, one of the big things that they did was they, um, they cut out a lot of the violence and obviously, you know, anybody who's seen the show doesn't, remember it being especially violent and, and it wasn't because it was sanitized for our protection but oh my god like oh my god i watched some clips of like the original unedited stuff and if you look up like go lion violence just look up go lion violence on youtube you're gonna have yourself uh, a good time but also like a shocked face like it's insane some of the scenes so okay so picture this okay so the first episode this is all from the first episode now remember this is voltron we're talking about so you know obviously all, all the like all the bad guys you know the same bad guys and everything they're the the show opens up with a bunch of slaves getting whipped and i mean unmerciful and i mean over and over and over they have a ton of aliens that they've captured from various battles or whatever and they're like all the bad guys are just laughing and laughing and they're like whip them again whip them again and the guy is just mercilessly whipping them like right in the face and stuff just really, really bad. And they're like, okay, now let's get them. We've, we've whipped them enough. We've whipped them good. Let's, uh, let's get them into processing. And then so they, they go into another scene. And there's this like gladiator coliseum arena. 
and the stands are just filled with all these. I can't remember what the bad guys are called. Do you guys remember? Uh, they're the uh, I remember like Prince Zarkon yeah, and, and all them. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, they're, they're all the purple guys. Uh, I can't remember what they were called. Um, again, I had it all written down. Um, all I can think of is Zentradi right now, and of course, yeah, I'm yeah. I, I was thinking of Shadow Weaver, and I'm like, that's that's Shira. That's Shira. You're <laughs> like, where are you right now? Where, where's your brain? <laughs> um so anyway you had these guys and uh they were actually they actually had the same name the the it is king zarkon emperor zarkon is, is the bad guy but i can't remember what the race is um but anyway, zarkonians so, no it's not oh, God damn it. <laughs> Some, somebody look this up while i'm, while I'm talking please I, I don't remember what they're called but the uh the race is the same name in in, Jap- in japanese so it's pretty funny they kept that but so anyway so this is this is coliseum arena and they're loading all of the slaves in, you know, pushing them out the door. And everybody out in the stands is like cheering. They're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Bring them out. Bring them out. Hurry up. Hurry up. And they all, you know, so all, all these slaves, they got swords and stuff. And you're like, oh, that was nice of them. That's cool. And you're like, oh, what are they going to make them fight to the death? Like each other or something? And it's like, no, no, no. There are these things. They're called like the shadow beastmen or something. Like I, I. I wrote this all down. I don't have it, but there were basically these giant 30 foot tall purple lizard guys. Okay. And legitimately this thing goes on a freaking killing spree, like going through, like rips through these prisoners, like their tissue paper in all the, like just a myriad of gore, just a corn, a gornacopia, if you will. <laughs> wow. Uh, you guys, you guys can use that. Um, Damn. And, uh, <laughs> like insane like there's one scene where and it's one one after another after another after another like things are you know claws are slashed and blood flies everywhere another guy gets squished by a foot another guy gets squeezed until he explodes in a just like a ketchup packet wow yeah and then another guy gets hit in the back so hard his fucking eyeballs pop out of his skull wow it's insane (laughs) Gory. I want to see this. Insane. Well, you can watch it. Just look up, look up, uh, go lion violence, and you will find it. There's, there's some vids where people are documenting it, but it's crazy. It sounds uh, like the last Hellboy movie. Like the, <laughs> if you guys saw that, that's crazy. It's really violent, right? Um. So anyway, uh, like stuff like that, you know, just totally bleached out. You know, we don't need that. Obviously, like it's cool seeing it. But honestly, like, I don't know if it really fit the tone of the rest of it, you know, to have like such hyper violence because right. um, you still have like Pidge, like, <laughs> still, like <laughs> goofy stuff in here. Right. Um, but anyway, so this uh, so season one was uh basically for those who don't know it's basically you're following a team of five different pilots who each have um a robotic lion they all look like i always thought it was interesting they were lions but like none of them has a mane like maybe the black lion should have a mane or something but yeah right, none of them do. they're basically lionesses um which is cool and they're all different colors there's the black lion the blue lion the green lion the red lion and the yellow lion and the black lion is the central one and so that's kind of like if you're thinking Power Rangers, it's kind of like the uh, the red Tyrannosaurus in the original Mighty Morphin era and all the other guys just kind of become the appendages in, in the same exact way. So two of the lions become arms, two of the lions become legs and uh, they form Voltron, this giant, cool robot. And he's got a badass sword that has like, a, I don't know, the sword has horns. It's like, how badass is your sword? It's like, oh, it's pretty badass. So like, oh, yeah. Well, does it, does it have horns? 
because mine has like four horns. And you're like, oh man, like, no, I guess it ain't not. that cool. Um, so anyway, really fun show. Just, you know, basically, uh, you know, it's this big soap opera, big, I mean, space opera, lots of star Wars, like in there, but again, just like Robotech, they really made it their own. A lot of fun aliens, a lot of fun planets you'd go to really like pervasive villains that really like took a long time to beat, but they did eventually beat like Prince Lotor, like really like, you know, he really dogged them for a while and, and stuff. And then in the new show, I mean, it's just all, all bets are off. They did so many amazing character arts in the new show. It's yeah. fucking unbelievable, but all right. Um, so I found the species. What is it? Uh, Galra, Galra, the Galra oh, Empire. Uh, yeah, okay. right, right. I thought it was right. drool or something. <laughs> you like thought it was your dog faced goblin, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that guy. It's an yeah. excellent tie back, guys, to when we weren't recording. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's okay, it made you laugh, Coop. And you know, really, that's all that matters. Where'd um, I go? So, that's about all I have to say about Voltron. Uh, it was a really fun show. Going back to it, it's a little tough, um, yes, yeah. You know, it, it's I what I loved about it is of all like in the landscape of giant robots, you know, Voltron was, first of all, a combiner, which is really cool. Not all mm-hmm. of them are. Most of them, I think, at that time were not. And um, they were lions, which is the most random friggin thing. Like you would think of anything. Maybe they were all they would all be a different animal or something, you know, like right. Mighty Morphin. Yeah. Yeah. So what if Mighty Morphin Power Rangers were like all pterodactyls? Like that would be so much weirder, wouldn't it? Yeah. It almost definitely. makes perfect sense that they each get a different animal. But in this one, they're like, no, 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 no. They're lions. They're just different colors. <laughs> like, okay. And then, then somebody went, and you know what? We're just, uh, for no reason at all, we're going to fuck with all the viewers and make some of the, the pilots are going to match the lion and some of them won't. No reason at all. No reason at <laughs> all. Just to fuck with you. <laughs> Because, uh, you know, Keith, who piloted the black line, were, were red. Uh, Lance, who wore black, piloted the red. So I think they just were like opposites. But Pidge wore green and piloted the green lion. And Hunk wore yellow and piloted the yellow. Or I think he, he was more orange, but there yeah. was the yellow line. But still, that's pretty close. And, uh, and then the blue lion went through two pilots. The original pilot's name was Sven. And, um, and then he... Uh, in the Japanese version, he died. And in the American version, he did not die. He was like thought to be dead. And then they revealed that he was actually still alive. And so the blue line was taken over by Princess Alora. And um, oh, that's right. Lance wore blue and piloted the red. Sven wore black, piloted the blue. And then he went away and the princess wore pink and piloted the blue lion. Um, but still, like just the fact that a, a, a main character died or you know went away either way whatever version like that was pretty cool that was a permanent thing that happened and they brought in the princess to to be the new pilot i remember that happening and being like completely shocked at the time that was insane nothing it's like i said with robotech that just didn't happen on american cartoons it was one of those things where they're like instead of saying kill them they'll say destroy him you know and 
Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, you can't say certain stuff and nothing's pervasive. Everything is just, you know, one and done. Like, you know, think of the old Ninja Turtles cartoon, like every single thing is wrapped up within that episode and like, or, or like the old, like Pokemon now team, team rockets blasting off again, like every single episode of the Ninja Turtles show. It's like, Oh, you know, shredder and bebop and rock are blasting off again, like every single time. So you know, it, it really was a different thing. And I think that was just the that's the Japanese storytelling at the time. And, uh, and, you know, very, very cool. But uh, I did think it was neat. I, you know, again, I wish I had the story written down right in front of me, but in, um, in the Japanese version, the, the pilot who died, um, who for us was called uh, Sven was actually called uh, Shiro, I think, or um, what was his name in legendary defender, Joe? Uh, the uh, Chiro was the leader, and yeah, yeah, it's Shiro, yeah. right? Shiro, yeah, yeah, because they they used the original Japanese name for him yep. in like Legendary Defender, and so I, yeah, I think it's Shiro sounds right to me. So you think so too? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and he actually died in the show, and then it was revealed that he had a twin brother who appeared, but never again, never took over the blue lion again, but he was in a few episodes and it was supposed to be his brother. And in the American version, what they did was they said, Oh, Sven, we thought he died. In fact, we found out he's still alive over here and he's in a couple more episodes, but that was actually supposed to be the twin brother. That's so weird. But in America, they're like, let's just uncomplicate this and just say Sven survived. Yay. Everybody wins. Um, kind of funny, but, um, yeah. Uh, awesome show. What do you guys have to say about the original Volt Voltron? The yeah, toys, I mean, like, man. Yeah. The toys for sure. And I mean, like you said, you know, going back to the show now is like pretty cringe. Kind of like, you no, know, going back to the transformers. It's like Raheem, very, very right. cringe, but I still love the characters and I, yeah. and I love, you no, know, I, I love the lions and, so different. Yeah, I mean, I, I still love Voltron. Just can't go back to the show. I, I always wanted that diecast metal Voltron, man. Yeah. I never, I never had it, but man. Yeah. Oh, that was a holy grail toy. Uh, one of our very early episodes uh, from season one, we talked about, I can't even remember what episode it was, but we talked about toys that we never got, like holy grail toys. Um. And and that was that was brought up, and that was definitely one of mine. My other one was the uh, the Brontosaurus for Dino Riders. Um, Brontosaurus was like eighty bucks, and that was a hell no. <laughs> right, no chance. There was the di- there was the smaller Diplodocus um, that was much much smaller, but the specifically the Brontosaurus was like the biggest one, and uh, I never had that one. I always always drooled over that that one in the store but that and that and voltron man those are the two that got away mm. what about the role play ones where you can actually dress up like the lions and have the sword i mean that <laughs> i just call that life that's that's <laughs> just a tuesday <laughs> that's how i yeah. know how many how many horns the sword has because like i play with it all the time well, i think it has cool. six uh, actually and what about that trope that started with voltron where it's all over when you see the blazing sword yeah yeah right i right. loved how he would do that like he would just make the sword <laughs> it was really cool because yeah. you're like what is this an energy construct or something it's like no that's a big ass sword he so. just forged it right in front of your face just now maybe he's uh, pulling it from an all sword dimension 
and all just have all a sword, sword dimension. dimension. A dimension oh. of sight, a dimension of swords. <laughs> <laughs> one dimension had nothing but shrimp. I tired of that one quickly. The Twilight Sword. <laughs> that is a thing, so. <laughs> Pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, fun show. Fun show, you know, and, and I know it was, it was streaming on Netflix, like, when the when the new show show still had its seasons coming out, I don't yeah. know if they kept it on or not. But um, oh yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I haven't seen it. If it if it is on there, I'm still. gonna look it up right now. I've only seen the robot chicken ones, but um, I imagine it's possibly on HBO Max now. Possibly, okay. I, yeah, I it's, would, just, it's just the the new one they have. The on new one, now. Yeah. yeah. Bummer. I kind of assumed because it's netflix and that's what they do yeah Yeah, they let their licenses lapse but the second the second season of the show was um yeah it was it was all vehicles um so no more lions and uh the the character that they called voltron in that show um was which was not at all in the original show um uh, he he did not look as cool in my opinion either yeah i don't think anyone liked that one that one took like 15, 15 vehicles to form that robot it's like this crap. is a hassle this is just this is a lot yeah <laughs> oh so the original show for the second season was called armored fleet die let's see die rugger diagonally oh diagonally <laughs> what did he say <laughs> what you say what, what you say, say? Armored Fleet Die Runner Die Die Ruger fifteen. Are they they mixing Uh, German in there? I think (laughs) Die Ruger. It's like Japan has some kind of Uh, German shit. Die Ruger. No one who speaks German could be evil. (laughs) Are you afraid of the Germans, Tommy? (laughs) No, tell me. (laughs) I love that you reference Snatch. I'm I'm picking it up. Oh yeah, well, I, you know, I'm all about the snatch. So, do you know what nemesis means? <laughs> uh, so, who is Voltron's nemesis? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't need any sugar in his in his tea because he's sweet enough. Come again? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, Just so that's Voltron. So we can move on if uh, if we're all ready to move on. Yeah. Nintendo, uh, do you got? You already went. You and Coop already went. So I guess. We're just in the fun, uh, all the other shit section of the of, of the pro- meat and potatoes pro- portion of the program. Everything else. Everything else. Pleasure. Everything else. Oh, no, no. Coop's still got his other big one. Coop, why don't you give us yes. your other big one? All right. Like the flash, I'm vibrating in my chair right now because mm, I'm so excited, so excited to talk about this. So this, this whole is... episode was literally crafted as an excuse for you to come on and talk about what? Oh, my God. Exo Squad. We right. are the Exo Squad. Oh my God, Exo Squad was so huge to me. It was one of those things I would wake up early before school, and and actually, like in high school, I was watching this, and I would get up early, and I just I did not even want to do this, but I would get up and watch this with my dad, who would work third shift, so we'd watch this show about this uh, kind of uh, I don't I don't know. There's like a like an army squad of guys who are in these E-frames, which are basically these mechs that jack into the back of your head, and they fight this artificially created race of humanoids called Neo-Sapiens. 
And it was just so friggin' cool. They had these great designs and all these different personalities for um, the people that had sort of an E-frame that would reflect what their personality was like. So like if, if someone was kind of like the grunt, they'd have like a whole bunch of big guns. And if someone was like the communications officer, they would have this really big uh, sort of like communication disc. And JT Marsh was the flyer. So he did have like the Air Force one with all the missiles on it and stuff. And there's one that looks like the power loader, but it was so cool. And, and I loved it because I didn't realize this at the time, but it had the same animation studio as the, as the, uh, the X-Men cartoon. The okay. same voice acting oh. studio, too. From okay. Canada, eh? Eh. Right, eh? <laughs> was well, Cal, we learned that, was that Cal Dodd on that show? That. He was not, and, and I checked, too. But, um, but I believe the bad guy from Beastmaster 3 was in it. Uh, you know that wow. now beastmaster 2 was lost in manhattan or something yeah what, something along those what was lines three well i don't remember the one three. with the guy with the mask on his face <laughs> it was really <laughs> terrible you know and i think um i think kodo died halfway through production so <laughs> i'm looking up beastmaster 3 now like, who's, who's... yeah it's it's one of those things that's oh, like it's the eye of braxus <laughs> Not a Braxus. No, 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 no. Hold on there now. We're not we're talking, talking about, about Jesse the Body Ventura here. Oh, I thought we're we were talking, talking about, about the Santana <laughs> album. <laughs> you know? That is also a thing. <laughs> um, there's no yeah. there's no end to the possible Braxus. Yeah, there's there's not just a Braxus, there's many Braxus. There's many this is, this is there's many numerous Bra- I don't even own one Braxus, let alone Braxi. many necessitate an entire rack. uh Braxus. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even know an uh, Braxis. <laughs> Excellent use of the word of Braxis, my friend. <laughs> Thanks, Wayne. Yeah. So Exo Squad had E-frames with multiple guns, which needed a, a gun rack. So that's how it ties in. <laughs> but, but but basically, this, this whole series starts out as there's this whole fleet. It's called the Exo Fleet. They're up in space, and they're fighting pirates. And they have terraformed all kinds of areas of either Mars or Venus or like uh, the moons of Saturn and, and Jupiter and such like that. So they're trying to fight these pirates. Well, the the underwoven story here is that these Neo Sapiens, fifty years previously, led some sort of revolt because they were they were basically genetically uh, engineered to be like slaves, like miners and yeah. things like that. They, like they weren't workers. like slaves; they were straight up freaking slaves. Yeah, like, we gotta grow up some slaves. Great slave time, absolutely. It was, mm-hmm. it was, this mm-hmm. was a dark freaking show. Yeah, super yeah. dark themes. And, yeah. and kind of keeping with the whole thing of like Robotech, this was one of the other shows where it's like, okay, now we're in American sort of like, okay, looks like X-Men, looks like Spider-Man and all that. That dude just got exploded and that dude just got thrown off a cliff and that guy's clearly dead because they shot him, you know, and, and they're actually showing this stuff. And I'm like, wait a minute, what's happening here? You know, it's not being done off camera. This is real, yeah. you know, like, so and it's it's just got some great character work for all these people and it really made me think of something like like maybe you're watching a war drama like you're watching a full metal jacket or and you're kind of getting to know these guys and it's like oh what's going on with this one oh she died uh she she came down in the meteor with us and uh she fell off and she exploded and it's like oh then you you find out that it was the main character's girlfriend you're like what <laughs> i didn't know that you know like, so it's she got, seems like, those... like she would have been important and now she's dead <laughs> Yep. Uh-huh. 
written by George R. R. Martin. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> But it, it was one of those things where you couldn't get too comfortable because there was a lot of uh, different things and a lot of political intrigue. Like they yeah. dealt with, oh, there's a mutiny. Oh, how do you deal with, you know, someone who is trying to commit genocide? And what is genocide? And, and how does it make sense if something was, you know, created in a lab? Do they have the same rights as someone who was naturally born? Mm-hmm. And it was just really kind of deep. It had like these undertones. Yeah. And past that, just really cool toys. Yeah, really I mean, cool it, toys man yeah the toys the toys were really cool they were like way smaller than you would think they would be able to cram into something that size they were super articulated i mean the figures themselves were a little bit smaller than gi joe's they were like yes they were yeah the, pretty not tiny. the standard three and a half inch but they were a little bit smaller yeah but yet they were just as articulated as a gi joe and then you had the e-frames that they would go inside and they could do a lot of stuff. They were really, really cool. But yeah, the, the, the darkness of the theme of this show, it's really easy. So this is not a show I really watched as a kid, but we all got together and watched the first, I don't know, six or so episodes, six or seven episodes. Uh, we watched a handful of the first season yeah. uh, mm-hmm. last, last week. You get the idea of Bronsky's kind of the pig and, you know, yeah. you got Marsala yeah. who's kind of smart and Nara Burns is kind of like your perspective character. Hey mom, I'm writing home and all that. And <laughs> Right. Right. But Marsala like, I, we were partial. all kind of talking about it, how like we were almost like siding with the Neo sapiens. It's like, wait a minute on the surface. These are supposed to be the bad guys, but hold up. I, I actually, I'm siding with them. Like th- they, yeah. they just want to exist and they're pissed about being like invented to be slaves you built us and then made us slaves forever right. it's and just like in just blade runner to be cool with this like whoa right. no did you guys uh, get to the part yet where who ran the actual insurrection of the uh, slaves no oh, oh, oh. yeah oh boy to- are we in for a treat you're in for a treat <laughs> and then when you get to the neo lords in, in uh, number two when they start crossing animal dna with the neo neo sapiens oh, that's freaking cool too that's really cool so Interesting. Uh, I had no idea this happened, but this did happen with other shows, including Gargoyles, where the first season had a meager amount of episodes, like 10 or 13 or something 13, like that. Yeah. And then season two, it's like, um, uh, 80. That's how it's, that's how it currently is on, um, we watched it on prime. I think, no, no, no. We watched it. No, it was on Peacock. Watched it on Peacock. It's only on <laughs> Peacock. Um, and yeah, season two, unless that was mislabeled, but it had like 80 something episodes. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's crazy because it it was pretty, I I always felt like it was drawn out to the point where it's like everybody got their own character arc. And Mm -hmm. I I imagine to be able to do that, you'd have to have that many episodes to find out, Hey, what's Kaz Takagi really about? I don't know that guy. Yeah. I don't know, (laughs) but I could find out. I could keep watching. Well, if you're watching season one, he's got some good stuff. He's like the hotshot pilot that uh, gets a concussion and then he's in a different spot. It's like, okay. Oh, yeah. Writers he, are like, how are we going to yeah, remove the guy these was pieces? Like, Where's the Asian dude? Like he, he like he yep. was in it for a minute and then he, yeah, he just got, disappeared. Yeah. Oh, you talk about diversity, too. This this is like the show where it's like, OK, you've got like so many different characters from like different lines. It's like, oh, you've got this character and that character. And then there's Avery Butler. And then there's, you know, Sean Napier. And then there's Colleen O'Reilly. And then there's JT Martin. Everybody looks different. It was it was kind of like just getting like this cross section of humanity. And it's like, OK, we get it. Everybody lives on Mars or Venus and they're all different. Very yeah. Star Trek in that aspect. Yeah. yeah. Right. 
And uh, the pace of the show was like breakneck. I mean, every single episode was just pedal to the metal, go battle almost the entire time. There was only a few down scenes for the episodes that we watched. There really was, it was a lot of go, go, go. Um, and, uh, and stuff like that. Like it was, it was a lot of action for sure. Yeah. I, I just, I ate this crap up. I, I absolutely loved it. You, and, uh, and, um, you, you, shit, you bathed in this shit. You eat pieces that of shit. shit for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> But um, one of the uh, key actors' voices in this was Robbie Benson, and most people will know him from his role as the Beast in Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. So he does the voice of J.T. Marsh. So hearing that kind of familiar thing, this came out the same year as Beauty and the Beast. Oh, jeez. So it's kind of like, like, what? What's going on? This, he had this... a good year that year. Heck yeah. <laughs> Too big, big. Before job. that, I think he was yeah. in like Ice Castles. And that's it. Yeah. Ice, <laughs> not ice pirates, ice castles. I wish it was ice pirates, man. Trust me. Space herpes and all that. I would have <laughs> been all about it. So, yeah, I mean, I, have, I mean, you herpes. just love her- any kind of herpes you're a fan of. I mean, yeah, space, you know, water, you know, yeah, any uh, real kind flesh, earth, <laughs> fire, <laughs> heart, earth, fire, heart. <laughs> planet herpes by you your know, like, fire by your herpes combined we are green mullets yeah, I don't know. what are we talking about <laughs> don Cheadle. i don't know yeah exactly yeah so yeah that's uh exo squad and, and the toys that came out um when you were talking earlier about how you you didn't um you haven't seen anything that looks like the crab and all that mm-hmm. they actually had a crab e-frame so oh, general shiva one of the bad guys had this thing and it looked like a crab with a giant clamp on the outside and the other side had like a bunch of like missile shooting arms but it was a crab it was really cool so how do they navigate this 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 machine like they do like the, the crab walk like side to side uh, i imagine it scuttled so. <laughs> it scuttled its butt. I don't say scuttle enough in my life. I, I need to do that. Uh, uh, we could we could come up with a a, a band called Scuttled Valkyrie. <laughs> scuttled Valkyrie. It's <laughs> like just throwing it out there. The old broken Valkyrie that no one wanted, so they scuttled it. <laughs> so scuttled. Um, that's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> that's a great tie back too. <laughs> yeah, that's what we do on Retro Adoptimus. Um, that, that's that's kind of my big one. Like just just to get out the excitement of being able to talk about this show. I I just recently got some animation cells from it from that uh, animation legends. So they, they oh, right. So it's like a blind them. pack. Right? Yeah, exactly. So so how did how'd you do? Yeah, okay. You know, um, I ended up with like Nara Burns and I think some Sean Napier and a very tiny uh, Phaeton and um, like Phaeton's head and Phaeton's the the main bad guy character yeah. and all that. Yep. So it's some decent stuff. You know, um, I, I don't know if it's all like frameable, put up on your wall type stuff, but just the fact that I own a piece of something that was like so important to my childhood is like, that's pretty much. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. You can't compare that. Absolutely. Um. So that is amazing. Um, so we are, you know, as we do, running a little bit late. Um, so let's get through like some quick ones. Does anybody have like one more they want to kind of talk about just kind of like as a quick shout out? Like, let's like, like I know Techaman. We wanted to talk a little bit about Techaman. Joe, do you want to? Does Techaman really count though? Because they're just like 
in suits of armor pretty much yeah but that was just my rules for the battle so i i think they count we we yeah. love we love the rule let's yeah. let's just say they count okay um yeah uh tech tech man yeah i that that was a a really really good show uh it was about d boy he uh him and his family uh they're on some type of uh, expedition um and uh they get captured by i I don't remember the uh the alien race but um i guess his family didn't make it and uh, he, he was the only survivor and because of it he was able to uh become tech man there's some kind of experiment that doing that they're doing on humans mm-hmm. and uh, he was the only one that survived and uh yeah i just think it's a really cool premise of a show like i mean he he has uh, a volt techer i guess what they what's what they oh call right it. that's right that's right that's right the they say volt techer and then he's right, like yeah armor right. kind of like you no know, with power rangers like yeah Pterodactyl! yeah yeah right, right. yeah yeah <laughs> but the and I think I think they were supposed to be larger, so it's 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 not like Iron Man. They are like they are bigger. bigger. Yeah. Um. And they 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 look like they look more like Max than. Yeah, they're like small Max. Maybe they were twenty five feet tall or twenty feet tall or something. They're not. Right. They're not giant. Or maybe like twenty four point seventy five. You know? Yeah, I think tall. something like that. Right in something, that. Room. Something like you know, right, right, in right in that area. Yeah. Lots of really awesome designs for the various Techomans. And I know uh, the one we really... So I know here it was called Technoman with a K. Yes, which is really weird. Which is crazy. And uh, the main character, instead of D-Boy, which, let's face it, is a pretty weird name. It's a dumb name. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's not dumb in in, in Japan, but it's it's weird. Um, Mm -hmm. But so here he was just Blade, um, which I think is better. And then uh, Techoman Blade... Two came out and that was like uh i guess a mini series that they sort of packaged as a movie but it does have various episodes we've talked about it before on the show but we were we were big fans of that one yeah very animation cool. Is cool yeah the animation the the drawing yeah, the design everything. Of they, the, they've the amped everything up yeah so cool. one of my favorite um like anime mechs period and i actually do have a tekaman uh, framed on the wall uh, animation cell yeah um, really really cool so I, I i i am definitely a big fan of like the look of tekaman i never got to see the original show but i i really enjoy tekaman blade too i think it's a great show and uh also you know and like i said we, we talked about this before on the show uh but we're talking about you know character representation and there's there's you know, some transgender stuff going on in there. Um, there's, mm-hmm. there's one character and uh, you know, uh, I really feel like there was uh, a spark between uh, the trans character and one of the male characters that, you know, would have probably uh, yeah, continued on to name. something um, had they had the opportunity. Um, but of course things go horribly wrong and stuff like that. But I think that's great to see, you know, that kind of stuff. Just any, anytime you see like representation, like for types of characters, you don't generally see and something cool, you know, this wasn't a character who was defined by the fact that they looked the way they did. It was really just a, you know, basically a man who, who, you know, looked like a woman and they didn't really talk about it. They didn't make a big deal out of it at all. It was this character dead end was the name and uh, legitimately just, they were dead end. The voice was very male and um, it was just the character. So it wasn't like about the character being the certain way. They just, they just were. And Oh, uh-huh. I'm all yeah. this other stuff. 
So I think that that's that's awesome because totally mm -hmm. the worst kind of representation is, you know, I exploitation. So we don't we don't want that. That's not cool. It's like, you know, there's got to be something else other than the one character trait that makes you different. Uh, right. But anyway, that's pretty cool. Um, Tech man. Eight uh, bit. Do you, do you have another one? I actually so um, one of the ones I wanted to put in for the contest, but I, I held off on because of the multiple pilot thing. So um, there's an, an anime that I really love called Guren Lagan. Oh, great show. Season one, season two is terrible. Great oh. show. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I loved this show. Like it's it's got so much heart. It's got so much character and it's fun. The mech stuff is a blast. It's drawn really well. Like, yeah, it it's, is. It's just fantastic. It's like, you know, this, this kid basically discovers this, this ancient mech uh, that is, it's just this giant head. And it turns out that there are a variety of these different mechs out there that, uh, you know, they're very important and very powerful because they're able to essentially unite with other mechs and and take control of them. Um, and they're like this like central brain type, you know, piece of it. And so the, the main mech of the show is these two components. There's Guren, which is the head and Lagan, which is the body. And uh, and so the main two characters control. And I'll each form one. the junk. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it's very much like okay, yeah, we just did the same thing, but without five parts, it's two. So you have the head, and then you have the body, and um, it's like. I'm not going to go way in depth on this, but I definitely recommend watching Gurren Lagan. You've probably seen some of the character designs somewhere. I love the mech. Um, it it is simultaneously badass and just over the top ridiculous. Um, like the the chest part is just this enormous face that has these big fucking like ridiculous sunglasses on it. Yeah, but for a reason, also, like right for a reason. <laughs> yeah. But also like is like the, the actual head part is super cool. Like I I totally think it's like this very badass almost samurai kind of shogun looking uh, design. And I had a lot of fun watching this show. This is a show that my buddy Garrett got me into. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think as far as like cool. mech anime goes, it's it's very fun. It's very like, you know, it, it can poke fun at the genre, but also it does it really well. Hmm. And this is and its modern. main... It, its main gimmick is drills like all yeah. of its hands and arms and feet and face and everything is just bah, drills like it just it <laughs> goes ballistic with like every time it gets stronger just drills find new new orifices to shoot out of it's just oh like, my god fuck. the drill you junk thought, on this guy you thought there know. would be more there couldn't be more drills but there they are <laughs> got shoulder drills and eyeball drills and face drills and everything it's what just are you like use those drills for exactly what is the man drills it does man have drills, man drills. There yeah. are mandrills in it. It has massive <laughs> killing capacity. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I love cool, Grand Lagan. I, I like the I like the look of this mech too. Yeah. 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 He's he's very cool. Very different. Um, you know the the face in the in the chest kind of has like that Bishamon, you know, Oni kind of look to it. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. kind of like you know just poking fun of that kind of a you know riffing on that sort of a thing. He's right. got that crescent moon headdress in the front of his uh his, his helmet very very cool yep yep yeah yeah i love gurren lagan nice awesome um i just want to briefly mention escaflone which has the weirdest yeah. name ever yep um i mean gurren lagan's not not weird 
<laughs> right. But Escaflone? <laughs> like what? It's um, pronounced Escaflone. Escaflone. <laughs> um, <laughs> what I liked about this particular show was it, it's it's very limited. First of all, it's not very long, and uh, <clears throat> they brought the some of it over in the like late nineties, and I think it was playing like on Fox or something, Fox kids or something. And I think that's where I had caught it. And I yeah. watched every episode that they, they brought over and then it just kind of stopped. Stopped. Yeah. And I then there that. was a movie that they put out and that was also pretty cool, but it wasn't really just a continuation. It was almost like a reboot, um, but it was also good. It had the same characters and everything. But um, what I liked about it was it had this uh, medieval sort of like coat of paint. So you had like a big robot, but he looked like a big knight. A, you know, mm. a big English sort of knight or a German sort of knight. I don't know. And like he had a big long cape. And since he was like hundreds of feet tall, I'm like, well, how did they make this cape? Like, if anything else, like I don't care what, like everything else I can just accept. Like that cape, it's, it's, it's pointless other than it looks cool. And holy hell, how, like, how did you make that? Like, how much fabric did it take? Like that cape would cover Rhode Island. Like it's big. <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> um, but anyway, he's very, very cool looking. And um, he's also sort of less about the face than a lot of the mechs. A lot of the mechs have like, you're supposed to look at the face like Voltron, like a lot of the care, a lot of these big mechs, they look like characters. This one, they sort of just gave him like a night face. So he doesn't really have eyes. He just has like eye slits kind of like going down the, the face. And they sort of like, like I, I, I noticed it after a while that like I didn't know what his face looked like. I'm like, wow, how come I don't know what his face looks like? It's because they don't really spend time on the face. It's like not a, an important thing. He's got these gigantic big shoulder pads that have these big green jewels. Again, my God, how much glass is in like each one of those things? Right. It's like, you know, big, it's big. I um, like this sword too. That thing was pretty amazing. Killing. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And then yeah. what was so cool was later, like you found out that he was a transformer and he could actually turn into a dragon. So it's like, Oh my God, this is so badass. Like I, I really, really enjoyed Escaflone. I thought it was really, really good. Yeah. And that, I really that liked, kind I really of led to, um, there was a really good game around that time, uh, an RPG called white Knight Chronicles. If you've oh, ever yeah, played that. that, I remember so, this one mm -hmm. And the first game would lead directly into the second game, which never happens. And oh. they actually just like, Hey, we didn't change everything about the first game. So you have to learn a whole new battle system. It's like, Nope. Starting directly after the other one ended. I'm like, yes, this is awesome. You can actually still play that on uh, PS now. Oh really? oh, really? They still kept hmm. that? Because I remember there was a lot of online component to that game, too. Yeah, you, you could do that. Um, like, there was definitely some, some parts of that, but you could also play through just, like, single all yourself, too. But nice. It was really fun. Yeah, the mech in that game is awesome. And that's that's I exactly what I thought Knight. of, too, was, was uh, Escaflone. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Escaflone had some cool mechs. They, they, were, they were pretty precious with them, though. It wasn't like Gundams everywhere. Yeah. It was really right. just one for the longest time. And then they sort of introduced a couple more, but they're, they're cool. There's this, uh, this from the vision of Escaflone, I think is actually the name of the original show, or maybe that was the later show, but it was one of the Japanese ones. I don't think it's the one we got here. 
but there was uh there were some some other characters they came up with and i don't recognize these guys i'm just looking at google images there's a red character and his name is or her i'm not sure uh moderoid and uh holy crap i love this thing it's like uh it's very red bulbous shoulder pads kind of like samus aran actually has kind of a samus aran feel um but it's red and it's got a big purple cape like wow really really cool um so i don't know just another one of those things where like it's you know just like voltron with the lions it's like this is really unique this is oh, just yeah, different in the landscape of giant robots this is just a little bit different and i thought it i i thought it was cool i appreciate yeah. that so are we good for our our episode i was gonna actually call this one uh uh mechanized fanfare was was <laughs> was my uh my title I'm going to hit you with just uh, some honorable mentions here. So, um, uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion, right? Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. That's so, right. one that didn't even come up in the comment. You could do a whole episode on that. And that is my favorite anime theme song of all time. Nice. Um, big O, right? The big O yep. with like the giant um, guy and those, those really cool, yep. sort of like colliding fists. Those are pretty awesome. And, um, Let's see, um, Xenogears, because we didn't get a chance to talk about that, but um, the whole video game series for uh, Xenosaga, Xenogears, and all that, that's right, a good just one. colossal series there. Mech Warrior yeah. is another one. Mech Warrior, Armor Core, those games, um, just to throw the names out there so people are like, how could you not talk about Armor Core? Well, because <laughs> not everybody loves Armor Core, dude. It's like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to spend an hour trying to figure out what the damn windshield wiper button is. Because that's <laughs> right, there's like. a million commands. And it's not for everyone, but it's like, there's there's, there's that stuff and you know there's aspects of like warhammer 40k and you know uh, green lantern does mech stuff when kyle rayner did those yep so if you play uh the injustice uh two video game that's actually one of his finisher moves is uh, he turns into a giant mech yeah it's it's how but that's that's such a kyle thing it is definitely yeah. a kyle thing so yeah. but they stole it yeah they did yeah, because do? because they realized that Hal was 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 a little dopey with his giant fists and baseball bats and pretty much nothing else. He's not even the best Green Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> they, they made him cooler over there. I think it was cooler when they started ha- having him do like you know fighter jets and stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I always, mean, I you know, I, I love he's, he's all right. You know, I love I love Kyle and his. Uh, he would do like a dragon or something like you know a big knight and a sword and you know or a mech or you know various things. I always because he was a comic book artist, so he just was fun. Had more fun with it. His imagination was better than how exactly. And and I mean, right. it's funny because he's like, oh yeah, check it out. I'm doing some some cool anime manga stuff. It's like, oh wow, cool. Right, right. Although no, no Green Lantern had less of an imagination than John Stewart in the Justice League cartoon when all he did was make balls. Balls in <laughs> the squares and shapes. That's it. At least Guy Garner would make like a football, you know. <laughs> but uh, I, I love John Stewart's constructs in the later comics when they started to, you know, have him think like an architect. Yes. And you'd see like his his structures had actual like blueprints in them and stuff. Or when he would do like uh, he would sometimes have like soldiers. I remember there being a big splash page and like I think it was in Rebirth. And uh, it was like his battalion, essentially, uh, you know, from from the war. But that was really cool. But anyway, we digress into Green Lantern. What the fuck? Where? Why are we here? Um, big robots. Yay. So, yes. yay. hey, thanks, guys, for for doing all that. And thanks to Justin Cooper for coming on and getting to talk some Exo Squad, but also all that other good shit. So if you're into big robots and right, cut uh, out there for a second. 
Oh, well, you're back now, and that's all that matters. I cut out no. for a sec. Sorry, guys. No problem. Are you back all now? Good. Hello. I'm just going to keep going. So anyway, go. <laughs> yeah, uh, keep going. In other words. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, if uh, Retroids out there, if you enjoyed the episode and you uh, heard about some shows that you kind of didn't know about, definitely check some of that stuff out. A lot of it is out there on the streaming platforms. You just got to look for it or type in the name of it in Google and where to watch and it'll tell you if it's out there and uh, which pretty much everything except for robot jocks. God damn, I wanted to talk about robot jocks. I just don't remember it enough, but oh man. Anyway, uh, at least I got to mention, right? I mean, hey. So, you know, it is about that time. Uh, we are getting a little long in the tooth here. The, the sun's getting a little low. It is almost time to catch that horizon. But before we say goodbye, how about we go to this? Hello, and welcome to the Dorkening Podcast Network. Press pound to hear the available shows. That Strange Show, Throwdown Thursday, Loose Cannon with Jar Jar Jeremy, Three Guys That Horror, The New and Improved Super Retro Throwback Reviews, The Audio Files 2.0. This is probably one of Dwayne's worst films. Yeah, he's allowed to have a tooth fairy every now and then, sure. Yeah, this is a tooth fairy and then some, because it does not show the monsters tearing up buildings until the... last 20 minutes of the movie that that's what right. the game is it's fucking monsters tearing up a fuck a fucking city secret underground hideouts cinema with harrison smith dorks the podcast the dorkening black and white fright the wicked horror show subscribe to all these awesome shows anywhere podcasts can be found for more information check out the Hello, this is Tom Kenny, voice actor, uh, the voice of the Ice King on Adventure Time, and SpongeBob SquarePants. Ah, oh, Gary the Snail too. Hey, guess what you're filling your eye holes and ear holes with? The Dorkening. Oh, I love the Dorkening. Very popular in Ooh. Shark Bites, Shark Bites Podcast, it's the greatest show in history. From the Dorkening Network, hosted by a nerd who's named Patsy. From movie reviews to tips on surviving the coronavirus, Shark Bites has it all. Follow us on Facebook and suggest topics at sharkbitespod at gmail.com. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You got your spiked gauntlets, you got your bullet belt, you got your leather jacket and your denim, you got your hairspray, well put them on, cause it's time for another edition of Power to the Metal. How's it going everyone, this is Nintendo and you are listening to the Retro Reduction with Cephalo Podcast and this segment is called Power to the Metal where I talk about bands that I'm currently listening to or bands that just haven't been around my block at all. And I think you guys should listen to it. So this next band that I'm going to mention is called Helion Prime. They're from Sacramento, California, and, and they are a power metal band. And they formed in 2014. They currently have three albums out. One is a self-titled Helion Prime. Their second album is Terror of the Cybernetic Space Monster, which, by the way, has a song based on the arcade game, uh... Rage, I think it's Rage with the with the dinosaurs. 
Oh, oh Primal, Primal Rage. Rage. Primal Rage. Primal yes, Rage. thank you. Primal Rage. Yes. And uh, and that song is called Earth, and I just think it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Is it is it U-R-T-H? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 Oh, and you know it. You know it. And they just released their third album called Question Everything. And this album is lyrically, it's completely different from the other two albums where the other two albums are more like sci-fi uh, and whatnot. And this one is more like historical figures. So mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty interesting. So you have a song based on Albert Einstein, Katherine Johnson, Alan Turing, Socrates, <laughs> Socrates <Dave>. Johnson, Socrates <laughs> Johnson, Socrates Johnson. <laughs> Rosalind Fr- Franklin, Galileo, Gregor Mendel, and of course, Dr. Cornelius. From Planet of the Apes? Planet of the Apes. <laughs> like yes. Planet of the Apes? Like, oh. Yes. <laughs> like, is there another I mean, Dr. He's a Cornelius? real scientist. He's just yes. so damn darkly. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> So I think that that is absolutely amazing. It, it's a fantastic album. They have a new singer, her, and her name is Mary Zimmer. And the drummer is Alex Boston. Rhythm guitars is Jason Ashcraft, who is the main songwriter and leader of the band. Lead guitars is Chad Anderson. And on bass guitar, you have Jeremy Steinhaus. Hmm. These guys are fucking amazing. I want to see them live once you know the apocalypse ends. <laughs> um, they... They were on tour with two of my other favorite bands, uh, Stryker and Unleash the Archers, and unfortunately, they weren't that close to my area. They're just out of reach, and uh, that's a bummer because that would have been a show that we I wanted to do a road trip. To show. See, oh my god! If I had the money back, then I, I totally would have done a road trip. But uh, yeah, wasn't meant to be. Um, who knows? Maybe they'll come around again and tour together and whatnot. So. Yeah, I got my Hellion. I got my Hellions crossed for you. Oh, thank you, thank you. My Hellions are primed. Yes, yes. I'm still yes. waiting for Shattered Valkyrie, guys. So <laughs> that's that's you next. just you that's know our next project. Cooper, you you stay tuned. <laughs> that's on eight bit. That is on eight bit. That's not a that's not an us thing. <laughs> this Valkyrie is going to get all shattered all up in here. Right. Yeah. So that's Hellion Prime. Hellion Prime, nice. Hellion Prime. Awesome. So Check them I've out. Definitely so heard favorite some of favorite stuff. If you could recommend, like, what's your maybe two two songs from the new album? Uh, let me see. It would be the first track, Final Theory, and the title track, Question Everything. Very cool. Wait, should they question stuff. something? And, and they do. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, you gotta question. You gotta question all everything. Oh, question it. everything. Oh, okay. <laughs> Does this smell bad to you? <laughs> let me question it <laughs> this is not pudding i was gonna say is this pudding <laughs> <laughs> that's because we have the same brain all right awesome stuff man very very cool um check out some hellion prime guys if power do it your thing do it. um i i've heard this band and i think they're they're really good i don't know them as well as you do that's for sure but what i've heard i thought was awesome so yeah Really cool. And, and there was such a random find, too. There's like one of those. Uh, I was uh, watching some like random metal videos and they just happened to pop up. In my yeah, like suggestion. Sometimes happens. It's funny. Yeah. Like, so I used to it... check it out. And uh, yeah, the, the first song I heard was Life Finds a Way, which is based on Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. And uh, I loved it. Fucking loved it. Nice. Did, so it's like uh, Ice Nine uh, Kills, kind of. You know how they did the horror stuff? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Right. I, I only like know the shark sci-fi. thing. I, I yeah. don't, that's all I know. It's because the shark bites. I, I don't know anything <laughs> else. But it's not kills at all. I'm sorry. <laughs> they they scream shark really good. That's for sure. I'll say cool. that. Cool. <laughs> kills. Um. So hey, this is the this is the tasty prom section of the of uh, the episode. How about we hand it over to our guest Justin Cooper? Do you have anything you'd like to promote your various podcasts? Some of them, all of them. What you, what you got, man? I'll tell you, if there's one thing I'm going to promote, I'm going to say any listener out there who's on Facebook, uh, head on out. And if you're, friend, if you're fans of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, head out over to our Epic Shells group. And uh, that, that I definitely say you have some fun there. Yeah, that thing's growing by leaps and bounds, man. Yeah, we're we just started in, in July. We're already at like nearly 800 members, and I mean yeah. we're doing all kinds of giveaways. Like like quarterly, I, I do like a pizza giveaway where you just give out like a pizza uh, gift card or anything like that. And it's just it's such a warm community. So I, I would say uh, check that out. Check out uh, Epic Tales from the Sewers podcast. Um, there's a really good episode that we just did with um, Brom Ravel, who did uh, the Jenica series. So if anybody's interested to find out what Jenica's all about, like who's this fifth Ninja Turtle and all that, we, mm-hmm. we get into the guy that actually gave her a backstory. I Wait, have them on. You get into the guy? You yeah, get like inside a him? Like a mech. Oh my you wear God. Him like a skin <laughs> suit? <laughs> you, no, you pilot him. Yeah, like oh, a skin like suit. a skin mech. Like a skin mech, yeah. Exactly. Whoa. Exactly. That is exactly. But yeah, check check those out. I mean, and exciting. you can check out on the Dorkening the uh, Geek Life HQ podcast. Uh, just did a, uh, an episode where um, I got to speak to. I, I won't tell you that I interviewed him, but I'll tell you I got to speak to John Race Davies. <laughs> so because nice. it's it's less like I'm asking him questions and more like I'm listening to him talk at me, which is pretty great. <laughs> That's still still <laughs> good. Amazing. Still, yeah. he's like he's like ha, my boy. <laughs> And he just t- told you a bunch of dwarf stories. And, <laughs> There's oh, a lot man. of. <laughs> oh, we were, we were talking about this movie that he had called Grizzly to the Revenge, which was filmed 37 years ago and not released in the movie. It had like a young George Clooney and Laura Dern and um, Charlie Sheen in it. <laughs> oh and even like Louise Fletcher's in this movie. So like Nurse Ratchet's in the film, too. And you're like, OK, this like what is going on with this thing? And it's such like a creature horror film of the yep. time it's like okay jaws but jaws is a bear okay <laughs> but this is the sequel and we got the guy from indiana jones and it's like <laughs> but jaws is a bear we yeah, already did that it was uh, called prophecy it was real good when, and, we and had, we had Shia. It was many nice. many quints so you got quints over here quints over here and this guy's a quint so so many quints you know it's like okay that's our movie oh wait <laughs> giant rock concert wait did we okay did we put too many quints in this Never. Like, no, no, that can never be too many quins. Yeah. There's um, five. That's technically a, no. <laughs> oh, it's oh. oh my god! You but yeah, that's that's my my tasty proms. Awesome. Thanks for that Very tasty, tasty. prom. That was pretty tasty. tasty. That was awesome. Yeah, definitely check out all those awesome shows. I what I really like about uh, the Tales from the Sewer podcast is when you'll actually go through and uh, like read an old issue of something. It's just very fun. I don't, I don't, 
know of any other podcasts that do that with uh, old Archie Ninja Turtles. Heck yeah. Um, <laughs> there might be some, but I was really way into the Archie series. And you and I have talked about this a, a lot over the, the couple of years. We've known each other and um, and the uh, like the, the Mighty Mutanimals spinoff and stuff like that. Yeah. And I really yeah, never really found another person online that was way into that stuff other than you so that it's yeah. fun to like listen to the show and you'll you'll pick up like a random issue and just kind of read it very fun yeah we're, we're doing um the idw teenage Mutant ninja turtle series from the beginning in order all the way through so i think i'm up to like episode episode nine is like issue eight or something or, or something one of those things because i'm going back and forth between the archie issues and the idw ones yep. gotcha. most people are like oh why didn't you start with the mirage stuff i'm like because it's not as relevant and people want to know it's like okay your idea of the turtles is not that you know they were reincarnated spirits of four sons and the guy that was killed by the shredder who turns out to be this evil demon from hell reincarnated that's a completely different story right so so i'm like let's start there yeah and and it's my fucking show so get the fuck out of here i know that's what i was gonna say i'm like i do what i want i do what i want uh, yeah, pretty awesome. Uh, as far as a tasty prome, I don't know if you guys got anything. I want to prome our show. Um, prom it. You're listening to it right now. But we actually have a really fun interview coming up on the 18th, uh, which is about a week and a half away. We're going to be interviewing the man, the myth, the legend, Stan Bush from the Transformers movie. Oh yeah, that's right. God. You got the touch. Wow. And, uh, yeah, we, we're going to have the touch in a, about a week and a half. Yeah, so he's he will bring it. So we've been we've been preparing ourselves. Yeah, I've been listening to nothing but Stan Bush. So much Stan Bush. Yeah, we're we're all good. I've been listening to Stan Bush light. Yeah, we're we're really (laughs) trying to for this for this upcoming episode. Our main focus is on his body of work. This guy, yes, you know him. uh, You know from his like transformer stuff obviously touch and dare and obviously he also has a, a song from uh blood sport he did yeah I, I, I think it was blood sport right yes yeah it's yeah. never surrender you never, never surrender right and uh so you know he, he got some some good uh good soundtrack work in there for a couple of years but it's like jesus christ this guy has done ha- has put out 14 albums in his it's career 14 one of them came out in 2020 oh wow so like like we're gonna talk about his body of work. We have been really getting into it and really listening to it and stuff like that. And I've told him this too. I'm like, we're we're fans of the Transformers, but we want to focus on your the body of your work and you know the new album's called Dare to Dream, and it's honestly really fun. It, the guy like literally never lost his original way. He's just still writing '80s music. It's awesome. It's yeah. like yep. Ray Parker Jr. Yeah. Like he a, even has a song called the eighties on the yeah, album. Yeah, so that's perfect. He does. He does. He uh, found so, a style and he's mastered it. And yeah. uh, we can't wait to talk to him. Yeah, about we're, all we're, I'm excited for that one. We're geeking out for sure. And yeah. uh, we're, we're really excited about that. So that's pretty cool. He was on the dorkening uh, a few, like maybe a month ago or something. Like yeah. That. Talked a lot of Just, uh, stuff. You know, really, really cool. Yep. Very happy about that. So stay tuned for that. That so it's going to be Stan Bush in the brig. And it'll be really fun. Ka-chunk. <laughs> yes. So, um, yes, we'll uh, we'll get out of your hair now, uh, as well as being part of the Inebriar Podcast Network. Retro Octopus is a full-fledged member of the Dorkening. And now we can be heard on, as well, we can be heard on Hellfire Radio. So if you get a chance, please check us out 
or any of our sister shows. Uh, yeah, you're already checking us out, but check out our sister shows. I can't <laughs> even read. Uh, like, for instance, uh, I'm just going to pick some names out of my butt. Uh, we have the Wicked Horror Show. We have Throw It On Thursday, our buddies that inspired our battle today. And we all, that, got like that strange show. We got Shock Bites. We got Amalgophiles, The Toking Dead horror squad black and white fright all these awesome shows are on the darkening they're like one network or you could you could even listen to geek life hq starring justin cooper what i don't know why you'd want to i don't know why you'd want to but (laughs) (laughs) uh for more information or like dick jokes maybe (laughs) yeah if you like if you like dick jokes i don't know um i I love dick jokes jokes right for more information or to subscribe to us or any of these great shows, please visit thedorkening.com. I have been your host, Parasite Steve, a.k.a. Steve of Destruction, though nobody calls me that. And it is indeed a sad thing that your adventures have ended here.